Welcome to the 2023 Wacker Slaps Division I American Radiohead Championship, where 16 red-blooded American alt-slash-indie bands and musicians go head-to-head to settle once and for all the fiercest debate in all of music. Who is the American Radiohead? I'm your host, Papa Kalers, and unfortunately, my baby's got the bands. Oh, no. And as always, I'm joined by my collaborators in the madness. One's high and one's dry. Welcome, fellas. Hey, I'm Noah. Give me Radiohead till I'm dead. Am I right? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, and I'm Adrian. I'm your fake plastic producer. Oh, nice. Nice. Welcome, everyone, to our March Madness style tourney. We are in the second round of this bad boy, the Indy 8. Indy 8. The Benz version, it being the second iteration, if you will. You guys have yes, nothing like radio? the NCAA tournament. <laughs> no, don't slew us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not get elite radiohead? in any way. Was that? Oh. <laughs> you guys ever get Radiohead? <laughs> Is that? Is that oral sex where you're listening to like K Rock or something? Well. Have you ever seen the movie Private Parts? Uh, oh, uh, I see where you're uh, headed with the this. The Howard Stern <laughs> biopic comedy. I believe there's a woman in there that gets, technically, she gets Radiohead. It's true. It's very sex positive of him. <laughs> Isn't a Paul Giamatti in that movie? He plays like the... Uh, pig fuck, I believe. Yeah, he plays his toady, his little toady. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw that. That movie was hyped to shit, though. I will yeah. say that it was a flop. I saw certain parts of that movie many times. Yes, yeah, it's kind of where the um, the VHS gets a little woozy. Those those <laughs> kinds of parts. Do you think uh, Radiohead was ever on Stern? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, everyone, every you have to. Was do he Stern. a fan? Mm, that's a good question. What is what is Howard's music taste? I don't even know. Oh, it's like Steely Dan. And yeah, it's not like show. butt rock. It's Spring yeah, Steam. it's probably like sleazier. But or like or very normy, yeah. He's but he would probably say he doesn't like me. He's I'm a talk guy. I'm, I can't do a stern. But <laughs> he's, he's like, like I'm a I'm a talk guy. I'm not. He's like, dude, guy. I'm a talk guy. He's like, dude, Tom. I mean, you're a weird looking guy, but you got to be getting ass by now, right? <laughs> not bad. I mean, that's why you join a band. You know, you gotta. I do. I do. I was miss... as close as I get. <laughs> I stern. do. I do miss the uh, late night uh, Howard Stern repeats on E. Oh yes. Yeah. They were on e for hours. Them. I mean, E was the sleaziest we had it. Ah, good times. It was just like the perfect, uh, like, the you know, liminal space between like the scandalous 90s and the naughty oddies, you know, because it was like, <laughs> it was like real uncut too. It was raw. I mean, it was censored and shit, but yeah, conceptually, it was, it was pretty, uh, pretty rank. Indeed. Well, yeah. Stern always said that he was like TV on the radio. Oh, that's how they got the name. <laughs> no, that is how they got the name. They used to watch Stern episodes on uh, E! Television. They're like, what the hell? Radio Not... on the TV? Oh, wait. They didn't like listen that. to him? Reverse it. Yeah. You know, it's funny, though. It's because there's all these podcasts that are, like, are on YouTube, too. They're just like filmed. Yeah. It's kind of like taking that format. Not really updating it. It's still as popular as it ever was. Anyways, we should get Stern to do the uh, the Battle of Baltimore. 
from the last episode. He should have weighed in on that. He's a Baltimore guy. I think that's where we got to start. All right. Anyways, moving on. Let's move around the bend here. Um, Yeah. Well, welcome back, everyone. We are in the second round of the tourney, as mentioned before. So we whittled it down to eight bands, and they will be going head-to-head to determine who gets to the infamous final four. So nice. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. And yeah, just for you know, further background, as you know, we took a bunch of bands that we thought kind of represent the American versions of Radiohead, discuss kind of what that meant and how each band kind of fits into that mold. And then yeah, determine who, who was kind of best suited to to make it to the next round and everything. So mm-hmm. And yeah. these are our choices right now, but we still are tallying the yeah. uh, listener to voters, and it's pretty yep. close. Yeah, it is really close. There's some. Uh, there's at least half of them. I think were split in the last round. Yes. Um. So yeah, if you more people send your ballots, you can be uh, tiebreakers. Yeah. When we get our Brackets final four, we'll give you the listener final four, and then we'll go head to head with them, and then determine yeah. the winner. For sure, for sure. Um, how's everyone's uh, NCAA brackets? Toast. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, who, who you guys going for? I'm going for uh, San Diego State because I yeah. love San Diego, greatest city on earth. I always go for the Cali teams. Yeah, you got to. I love Cali burritos, so I'm gonna go for San Diego State as well. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I, I love the military. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's alma mater. Yep, totally. Oh, true, true. And story spends his off season too. What do you think? I mean, we're podcasters. We should probably talk about the Clippers and their chance to. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think them picking up Westbrook was genius, ingenious. Hey, he's got the experience though. They you need that finals experience. Yeah, to 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 flail out. Yeah. The finals. I was telling Adrian Yikes. off off mic that the Western Conference is going to be interesting playoffs this year because a lot of the top heavy teams other than the Suns with Kevin Durant they don't they have kind of a lack of uh championship pedigree but all the bottom teams have a lot of championship pedigree we'll need to remind you uh Harry Barnes on uh Sacramento oh Harrison Kings Harrison Harry he goes by Harry his friends call him Harry light the beam baby uh he's a champ he's a champ Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 All right. Cool. 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 Um, yeah, we'll come back uh, for our, we have our own basketball podcast. Oh yeah. Uh, there's yeah. not enough of this. There's way more episodes. There's like 300 episodes. We just go on and on, on and on, drone and on and on. Cool. All right. So should we get down to this guys? Should we run through it? Yeah. Get to Give us business. the matchups. All right, let's give a little uh, a little recap of how things went down last round. So, in, on the West, you had the Flaming Lips facing off against Holly Herndon. OKC Flaming Lips advanced in that, and then you had the Mars Volta facing off against Saint Vincent, and you had the Mars Volta emerge victorious. Oh. It's like the Clippers versus the Mavs there (laughs) Uh, Clippers are victorious. And then you had honorary West coasters, dirty projectors V real West coaster, Kendrick Lamar with Kendrick advancing go Lakers. 
And then you had, I guess, I think Tool would be Clipper Sands. And then you had Tool v. Uh, Kanye West, Tool v. You know, the Bulls, Chicago Bulls. And you had Tool emerging. Take that, anti-Semitism. Tool beat Kanye. No, I mean, uh, didn't you hear? He watched uh, Super Bad, and now he's yeah. uh, pro-Jew because of uh, yeah. Hill's performance. Dude, I saw the funniest tweet. Someone's like, let's just hope he doesn't watch any Coen's Brothers movies. <laughs> <laughs> that? So, <laughs> so he'll reverse his stance. <laughs> so the, the history of Hollywood, it was Jonah Hill was the one that turned him around. Okay. Yep. <laughs> a lot weighing on jonah hill's shoulders there <laughs> yeah totally so yeah just uh to run it through again who's left we got the flaming lips versus mars volta and kedrick lamar versus tool on the Very west side nice. and then on the east you had wilco the honorary east coaster frank ocean <laughs> he's worldwide baby and wilco of chicago bulls fan fame emerged victorious and then you had tv on the radio brooklyn nets fans be my morning jacket coach calipari and you had kentucky kentucky yeah louisville and you had tv on the radio won that matchup and then you had grizzly bear versus deer hunter i don't really know if either of those guys have even heard of basketball no the grizzly that Oh, that's true. The Grizzlies versus the Hawks. And you had the Grizzlies <laughs> emerge, unfortunately. Yeah, um, Bradford Cox the Grizzlies is like emerge. the Trey Young of uh, indie rock. Yeah, <laughs> just, does just it slight, play defense? And <laughs> slight frame, yeah. scrappy. Yeah. Tall. Tall. Uh, homeboy, his guitar player is coming for his job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't oh, get man. back on D. Uh, right on. Yeah, Grizzly Bear won that matchup. And then you had the Battle of the Baltimore Bullets. And so Free you Lamar had Jackson. Yep. <laughs> Animal Collective v. Beach House. And Beach House upset and emerged victorious. If you're from Baltimore, who is your NBA team? Wizards. Huh. Really? Yeah, because uh, they used to be the Baltimore Bullets. And then they were the Washington a, Bullets. And then they were the, the Wizards. And like uh, yeah. DC and Baltimore are only like forty five minutes away. Or yeah, something. I guess it's the what do they call that? The DMV. Yeah, the um, yeah DC, Maryland, Virginia. Uh, Virginia. Shout out Kevin Durant. Once uh, DC becomes a state, I'm moving, baby. Yeah. You can smoke <laughs> weed <DC>. there <laughs> legally. <laughs> smoke weed in the White House, like Willie Nelson. Uh, so you have. Just to recap again, on the East, you have Wilco versus TV on the radio and Grizzly Bear versus Beach House. Uh-oh. So those are our matchups. Very good. Very All right. Good. Cool. All right. Before we get to them, Noah, did you just kind of want to reorient us around kind of what our criteria is for these yeah. games and what you were I said uh, what we should have in mind when we go to do these matchups? I rattled off some five point program point plan. Had, uh last week and i can barely remember it now but it, it was something like uh an early hit a uh three albums or more kind of hyped big albums a run of albums i think kind of a a, a concept 
towards some of the albums. That's kind of a loose one. And then kind of a lovable weirdos. And then I I want to add one. I want to run one by you guys. Because I was listening to uh, TV on the radio a lot this week. And uh, Will Co as well. And Beach House. You listen to like Sports Talk or like uh, ABC Sports. Like simulcast. Yeah, yeah TV on the radio. <laughs> yeah, Remember when... Uh, to, you could listen to basketball games like on the radio. Yeah. yeah. Remember when uh, NBC... The National Broadcast the channel. Corporation, because it started as a radio program, yeah. so they were the last TV station. They had the the very end of the dial. It no, like, it was it, the front of the dial, right? The front, it was oh, yeah, eighty-seven point seven. Eighty, yes, eighty. Uh, F, F. It was FM, right? Yeah, I it's, think it was eighty-seven point seven. It was the last FM television station, so you could listen to like yeah. Friends on the radio. Or whatever. Yeah, that was <laughs> cool. Must, I, I, we definitely did that. Oh, he did it all the time. And you could listen to like the Sunday afternoon basketball games. I listened to many. Uh, that was back when NBC had the games on Saturdays. Yeah. Any Lakers game. Um, Marv Albert. <laughs> it's like, yes. Um, I, the bit man himself. Yeah, he bit <laughs> multiple women on the butt. That was weird. Hey, we don't kink shame on this uh, podcast. <laughs> no. It, it seems like it didn't. And he Do kept that. his job. Yeah, he kept his job. <laughs> I was going to say, that would never happen now in this yes. climate. Uh, he was good, though. Play-by-play yeah. is lacking these days, I will say. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you don't even know what the difference between the two are. No, it's bad. Yeah, especially now all they do is fucking talk about refs and the calls. Like, it's pretty annoying. Yeah. Um, anyways. But anyways, I had a new criteria because I was listening to uh, – Specifically, I was listening to a TV on the radio today, and I thought all these bands that are left, they've always felt kind of fully formed. Like they've always felt kind of not middle aged, but like they always felt like it was like a band making an album in their 30s. Like, yeah, it like always felt very uh, lived in, mature. lived in, mature. Yeah. There's not a lot of like punk rock angst. There's not a lot of tongue and cheek. It's a lot of like earnest. Yeah. Serious. Over, over kind of sarcasm or something. Um, that's kind of what I, the new criterion I added. Yeah. That's, bands, a, that's a, that's an excellent. I felt point. like radio, uh, all, Radiohead had that as well. Even yeah, the early stuff. Yeah. Kind of come out the gate. Just, yeah. Like very robust identity. Fully, yeah, but yeah, they felt lived in a little wise beyond their years. Even someone like the Cosmic Clowns of the Flaming Lips, they even them had some some kind of uh, maybe not those real early albums, but they certainly have matured into like you know, yeah, a certain but kind I, of uh, even like early on when they were around like the early '80s, mid '80s, like their whole thing was like we're a punk band, but we sound like Pink Floyd. Like mm-hmm. they have like a whole intentional like um kind of um contrarian kind of attitude towards like the punk and kind of noise stuff that they were yeah yeah there's just uh yeah it's weird because like radiohead i think would sometimes get described as sort of angsty just because everything in the 90s got described as angst yeah but it's not like certainly the lyrics and the music didn't you know yeah it's not like (laughs) uh the 2000s or kind of angsty indie rockers you know it's kind of devoid of that of yeah, it's that, all more confident uh, I would say. Yeah. yeah it kind of had a uh, built-in um 
Yeah, I'd say like earnestness is what I come back to a little mm-hmm. bit. Intelligence, maybe, like maybe. emotional intelligence or something. Hmm. Uh, maybe like the core of it went from being like teenage, early 20s center to more like late 20s, early 30s, mm-hmm. yeah. almost adulthood kind yeah. of. More but like these... upper, kind of middle, middle class, kind yeah. of college educated, sure. fucking and I was, cucks. And I was, yeah. And I was thinking- Save um... that for the Red, our Red <laughs> podcast. Yeah. We do two versions. And I, was, I was thinking, especially listening to radio, or not radio, TV on the radio today. Radio hit. Shout out. And I was like, yeah, th- those guys were kind of known. They got a, a little bit of a late start, but you know, like, I'm 10 years older than they were when they came out with their first EP, but they always, to me, always seemed like, you know, like 35 year olds or something, you know, like, yeah, they're like, uh, like a lot of these, the bands that are left, they, they feel like, um, character actors that are like, that guy was born as like 45 year old kind of one of, of, one of the dudes is a character actor from TV on the (laughs) radio. That's true. You know what I mean? They they (laughs) sort of have like a very, like, it's kind of like an adult presence totally like you listen to them for like insight rather than like getting your angst out right they had like their full-time jobs or music too you know and then like or or if they had a background it was like in the fine arts or there's doing something you know more substantial yeah there's existential dread but there's not like petulant frustration yeah it's it's kind of cerebral more kind of cosmic concerns doesn't wallow it doesn't you know yeah it's concerned with more um less interior and more of like uh i mean certainly that's a aspect of it but it's it's kind of um reacting more towards the the larger world and and bringing that more in than more kind of navel gazing and the the yeah angsty uh you know er, uh early 90s kind of alt alternative music or whatever yeah, yeah. Like, i think the, yeah. the the alt the grunge and the kind of the stuff that preceded all this was more generalized kind of anger and malaise and everything you know it was like yeah this is a little bit more reductive you know and this be kind of came very personal to each band and each lead singer and everything it seemed like yeah like yeah, jeff tweedy individualized always... kind of Jeff Tweedy yeah. always sounded. Worldview. Jeff Tweedy always sounded like he was married with children, even though he's like <laughs> been a rock star since yeah. when he was like 19, 20 years old. You know. Well, that's the thing I think with a lot of these. Um, I mean, some of them certainly Kendrick and Frank Ocean, you know, were young when they started and and but and and sort of achieved their fame as themselves. But you know, these other bands. So a lot of often the you know the, the members kicked around in other bands for a long time before finding the one thing that they succeeded yeah. at so the guys in tv on the radio were kicking around you know doing various odd jobs production wise music wise in various bands similarly with you know the mars volta obviously were all you know yeah. uh, they were, they were like again in the van like like yeah, sound, post-punk, yeah post-hardcore just, band that was like yep. touring a lot all the bands of course, you had tool mature. with green jelly can't of forget course. them. <laughs> yes. um, Green Jelly, big LA band for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all sound mature. Even like, you know, Frank Ocean, I think we kind of did him a disservice because, you know, he just has his catalog is smaller when we put him ag- up against Wilco. But Frank Ocean sings a lot about like young love and he has a very youthful sound. But I think he has, 
he sings from a very uh lived in perspective like yeah a, yes like and there's no there's no it's not like immature or if he sings about being immature it's he comments on it yeah kinda like it's uh it's self-aware in a way that you you get when you're older i think but yes. without being cynical yeah yes yeah yes Anyways, good criteria I was uh, just thinking that's about that's a really that's really I was strong. just thinking about being old and I was like, fuck, <laughs> these guys had their shit together way back then. What the fuck? What yeah, they'll kind of have like a do or die thing where they're like, we do not <laughs> want to go back to our other jobs. Like this is this we are gonna be yeah. working musicians, you know. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. to a band, all these bands are still at it. But it's like they had that all right. All things yeah. considered. It's like they were always gonna have fans that were 10 years older than them and like 15 years younger than them yeah. at all times. Or they can have fans that grow with them too. Yeah. Or kind of get new fans, younger yeah. fans or get kind of appeal to older people as the bands age themselves. But then there's other bands like, you know, fucking pop punk bands or more basic bands where they just kind of recycle the same age group over and over again. You know, mm. so it's like every 10 years they get a new crop of 20 year olds that they're trying to appeal to. Yeah. Um, can't really say the same for these fans, you know? Yeah. It was funny because I was thinking like Radiohead, that first album, like Creep is the closest they came to kind of a angsty kind of punk rock ish level of of music, kind of, uh, you know, just the lyrics of like Wish I Was Special and, Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of that self-loathing kind of thing, yeah. but even that is kind of cheeky, though. I would say that's very cheeky. Yeah, yeah. they got a so cool like remove from that. I would. Yeah, the very they're British. Br- take they're on it. very yeah. British. I feel like a lot of yeah, these bands. There's not a self-importantness to them where there's like these lyrics are not the keys to life they're not something to live by they're just like yeah how i'm working through my life trying to be a a more complete person or something yeah Yeah. like that's what always trips me out about people that grew up listening to like the beatles and stuff and even people of any age great band great band check them out no, but like so many people, I don't think it happens as much as it used to, but people would be like the Beatles, man, or Bob Dylan or any of those 60s rockers where it's like, man, those lyrics are something to live by. And it's like those dudes were like 20 years old. Yeah. And they were kind Why of just... are, they're not philosophers. Like, no, what the nor fuck? should you treat them like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though? It's like weird. It's like Dylan said he was like he was like 24 years old when he wrote that. Like, he yeah, barely just, lived. They like, were like lyrics that just kind of fit. You know, yeah. that were like kind of grasping towards something kind like, of high minded and artistic, that. but it's that at the yeah. end, it's they're kind of a more practical concern. And then it's like, yeah, if you can latch onto it for whatever reason it well, speaks to you, that's cool. But I don't really think those yeah. bands were like reaching for the deepness, you know. But like young people, you know, are generally the ones that are going to be in bands, just that's how music works, kind of. Yeah, right. Totally. Um, and that you usually, uh, crest your height of fame is when you are young and i think you know as a young person you can write lyrics that hit on some universal truths mm-hmm. but like as far as like kind of like a, a like a profound 
philosophy is like meh, not so much. Yeah, yeah. but you I think these bands get that, that elsewhere, left, you know. But I think these bands that are left are not really trying to be outside themselves, like with some sort of philosophy. They they are just it feels like more lived in experience, like more yeah. grounded. Yeah, and more personal. Yeah, yeah, totally. Anyways, that's no, that's good. I just to. Unless it's um, Tool, because that band will fucking change your life, dude. <laughs> I think, well, yeah, okay. I think the... Uh, Psst, what, to organize religion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, the Reddit atheists are here. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think you're right. No, I think that to, to just kind of expand on something that I mentioned earlier, um, it's not that necessarily that these bands are not focused on the interiority of themselves. It's just that they're using that interiority and that exploration to explore deeper things than, you know, um, sort of teenage focused, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. your world's much tinier. So, yeah. um, I think, those... yeah, yeah. So, so obviously a guy like Tweety will use a lot of his personal experiences to paint a picture of, you know, this universal picture of, of life and, and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and these giant big emotions that he's trying to convey through the music and, and explore. Um, so I think that that's a big part of a lot of these bands, um, you know, obviously because some of them are younger than others, but I think they all have that kind of thing to them where they feel a bit more, you know, a bit, uh, wise, wise beyond their years, you know? Yeah. Because I mean, rock and roll was always like, a, like a teenage, ex- uh, yeah. it was, it was like made for teenagers by people that were like barely out of their teens anyways. So it would, it makes sense. But then there was a, there came a point in time like in the sixties and stuff where it was like, no, these guys are like really philosophers. These are, yeah. And you could see why generation you could see why Bob Dylan was like, I'm out. Like when he yeah. was like 25, yeah. he's like, get off of me. Like stop living through me. He's like, I'm yeah. kind of a fraud. Dick. I'm doing like, you know, these songs or whatever. He's like, but I'm not really helping civil rights and stuff. He's like, just, okay, enough. Like there's, there's too much profundity reflected on me like like let it alone like please like let me alone like just don't leave it on me man yeah i'm not yeah. trying to explain <laughs> the world to you i'm like a fucking 25 year old kid that's just like making up you know yeah folk song like you know right. what i'm saying i don't, I don't so know i was thinking about that a lot today stuff, but yeah. yeah and i but think I, it's like yeah how these bands represent themselves in like their kind of early iterations like their first albums maybe they do kind of get out over their skis and they kind of they get a little too lofty with their ideas and then they usually inevitably kind of pair it back, not necessarily sound wise, but like maybe conceptually and lyrically mm-hmm. or just like they get a little bit more subtle and modest, you know, and, yeah. and, 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 but that's actually like, they're more calcified in their, in their kind of artistic identities. And it's, it comes off a little more confident and stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, but anyway, just to bring it back to these bands that we're talking about, the ones that are left, I just found it kind of like refreshing because a lot of bands we've done sometimes can be kind of this preachy kind of, yeah, like a almost like a false profundity. Just somebody who hasn't lived all that much. Yeah. And are like kind of speaking outside their own, their own experience in yeah, a way so that's they- grasping yeah or like these bands were more grounded they do character work basically you know and they kind of like this is yeah so it's 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 a little more detached where it's like 
I don't know. Like I was listening to like TV on the radio and they have like sad songs or songs that are like kind of woe is me, but it's, it's from a perspective of like from the self, like inward looking, like, like the world is not like, it's more like, um, like, what do I need to do to understand my feelings rather than like, these are my feelings. Aren't they important or something? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I got this all figured out. Yeah. 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 Cool. No, we'll definitely keep all keep all that in mind as we as we hit this bracket. All right, you guys want to do it? Hit the indie eight. Yeah, let's jump in. All right, where do we start? You guys want to start on the east, just to switch it up, it up a little bit. Let's All right. do it. Let's go. Ooh, here we go. We got a showdown and a half right now. Oh, this is a big one. This is a big one. We got the boys of Chicago, Wilco, short for Will, come out victorious? Question mark versus. <laughs> TV on the radio. Wilco versus TV on the radio. I think Wilco stands for Will Comply. It's a uh, CB radio term, I think. Yeah, I think it's also a, like a pest control brand or like it's a it's like a big uh, company. It's a glass company, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember early in early on in our courtship, I uh, took my wife to a shed at our, the summer camp where we met and there was like a oh rat poisoning that said Wilco. I was like, eh, it says Wilco. Ooh, that's, that's a bad place to consummate the <laughs> union. We were already together. I just wanted to point something out. Did you write a similar. song about it? No, no. <laughs> I try not to write songs. Like in the shed by the rat poison. It was like a Tom Waits. <laughs> there oh, there go. we go. That's who we left off. Tom Waits. The real voice of many a generation. <laughs> yeah. Love in the shed with the rat poison. Good character actor, too. Um, all right, yeah, Wilco V TV on the radio. All right. Let's, this is tough. This is really tough. I mean, we obviously need to do our due diligence and hear each of these bands. But I guess, so, you know. Caleb, just give up the ghost. The ghost is born. I mean, Wilco is the inspiration for this bracket. Yeah, right? we've, we've kind of danced around that. Yeah, I mean, I think you said, like, oh, they were called the American Radiohead. Then I was like... Like Chuck Klosterman. Yeah. Coined the... Well, there's like an article that you wrote about it. Yeah. But the yeah, it was kind of like... It's an interesting definitely heavy idea. on the scale for them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And to kind of go by Noah's criteria, it's like, yeah, they're, you know, they're artistically kind of ascendant you know, albums would be, you know, obviously Yankee Hotel Foxtrot came out in the wake. Like they didn't come. It wasn't inspired by 9-11 because it was all written and made before. But then it like came out in the kind of the the smoke of 9-11. Even like, you know, they did mm-hmm. change the release date or some shit. So it's always going to have like a connection to that. That's, you know, bigger than the music. It's like a really dense album there's a lot of different musicianship and multi-interdimensional stuff happening some trip hop elements as famously <laughs> it's not a trip it's not a trip hop <laughs> but uh yeah so i mean yeah it was just and it really went in a, not not a predictable direction at all it went in a direction that makes sense given their kind of previous stuff that was more Mm-hmm. you know rootsy americana whatever else you want to call it um mm-hmm. kind of just kind of hard on your sleeve the american the american Heartland part rock of kind of american stuff radio. yeah but then it kind of got more urbane 
and um, bigger in mm-hmm. scope and the lyrics got a little, you know, less narrative, you know, less kind of storytelling and just kind of went in these more like weird kind of poetic kind of tone poem kind of direction. And yeah, more stream of conscious. Yeah. Stream of conscious evocative imagery and all that. So that was like the big progression. And then, you know, and then a ghost is born. is like, like you're saying the lovable weirdo album, I would say Mm -hmm. the one that followed that. So yeah, Uh, check. They had, they had a run. Yeah. And they, the lovable weirdos check. Yeah. They had their indie bona fides prior to that kind of check. Um, Did they, what would, what's the Wilco hit, right? They kind of had something that. Whatever is in the Volkswagen commercial. Yeah. It was was more of a commercial thing. It never really crossed over radio wise, but yeah, I think they they had some minor, you know, some minor. What was that sky blue sky song, right? That was their kind of hit the. That was again kind of more like sponsored commercial. What was, the, what was the song? I mean, Sky Blue Sky was in commercials. So that was, was the, the song. Uh, yeah. I mean, Impossible Germany here in movies and so there's Yeah. Know. And they were in actual commercials. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Glenn Kotchke, dude, playing the kitchen sink. <laughs> Literally playing the kitchen sink. And they had another one too. Yeah. It was like them and like. Chuck Berry or something yeah. for some XM radio or something. Yeah, really cool. uh, wasn't it Missouri, yeah, or represent Missouri? Something like that. War on War was the only single from Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Bottom that was the single? Yeah. Uh, Because I guess, yeah, that would make sense because the war was about to break out. And... About to, yeah. Oh, we just celebrated our 20 years. It's a war on war. We did it, America. <laughs> we did it. Um, you know, though, Wilco, though, yeah, I think by and large, they're kind of an inspiration for this tournament. And yeah, you could point to, uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. I think Summer Teeth a lot is kind of experimental mixed with mm-hmm. that Americana. Yeah. Ghost is Born is for sure a very European inspired album. Also, uh, also drug influence. It's not. For yeah, yes. very Tweety was was on the pills. But man, I mean, my favorite album is uh, like being there, and that album mm-hmm. has a lot of weird noises going on. But then totally. it, it yeah. switches because it's a double album, so there's a lot of room that they kind of groove on. So it's as much as like a uh, the band type album, you know? Right. Like it's like songs. their music from Big Pink or whatever. Yeah, Big Pink. Yeah. But then it does Exile vibes. But it does have a lot of noisy stuff going on, and it has those kind of lyrics, like the that first song, like "Misunderstood," just that, yeah, like the rows and rows of houses, like kind of, yeah, that melancholy, sprawling suburbia, kind of, like I mean, depressed, I guess, is yeah, kind of. But the, it's, it's kind of it's just vague enough to keep you you know compelled you know it's not it's not just like totally obvious you know too indulgent yeah it's really not too indulgent or anything yeah tremendous album yeah it's like a working class radiohead totally yeah we didn't go to oxford yeah sorry we went to washington university i went to the school (laughs) of hard knocks yeah went to the university of chicago sorry (laughs) (laughs> <laughs> but wait, were Radiohead like Oxford kids or no? They were. Yeah, more I think that's like, where they met. 
Yeah, oh, that's yeah, where they, they started the band. They weren't like the Oasis. Where they no, no, no. They're were. more like the Rolling Stones. They're like rich suburban kids. They're more like Blur. I don't know how rich they are, but. <laughs> They're more like Blur. Where they went to. They were of means. And that matters. That matters over there in England. Oh, yeah. In England, if you don't go to college, you're like mining. Because they call it uni. University. <laughs> uni. It's like you better be a rock. You better have a rock yeah. song. Yep. <laughs> That's your only way out. <laughs> all right uh, uh do you think we've made our case for wilco enough should we move on to uh tv on the radio and then a little well should adrian, we hear, should adrian we hear? talk about wilco a little bit well i was thinking oh yeah let's all talk about wilco and then we'll talk about tv on the radio i think we should like listen to it and okay. well you know i think you guys covered it pretty well i think for wilco certainly a lot of their records could be considered concept records you know mm-hmm. even even the stuff the early americana stuff being there certainly has a, a through line of a you know a certain concept conceptual uh, theme going through it but that continued on throughout the rest of their albums i think until really until about sky blue sky when they're kind of just like all right we settle into our groove yeah and then their later records are a little bit more you know loose in terms of the concept but there's still some concepts there they go uh, back and forth yeah a little bit uh, and they go back and forth and between like the weirdo the weirdo isms and then the kind mm-hmm. of more straightforward yeah. Americana and, you know, and then, and mm-hmm. that's also something that Radiohead does. Mm-hmm. They'll hit you with, you know, a beautiful ballad in the middle of some bleepy bloops. Uh, it's not unusual. Um, Their own trip hop elements. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Wilco are to me, they're kind of like the indie rock version of like the Simpsons for me, the TV show, mm-hmm. whereas like the Simpsons were like so important for me and like my favorite show, but there's been way more Simpsons <laughs> created that oh, I beyond. haven't seen. Yeah. Beyond yes. like, yeah. And like your Wilco, cortex. Wilco being like one of my favorite bands and very important to me. There's like more Wilco albums that I haven't listened to than I yeah. have. The Weezer <laughs> like, effect. Yeah. 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 But you know, we but have a once bunch in a while. We have a bunch of them here at home, and uh, I don't know. Every it's like every once in a while you watch a Simpsons episode. It's like yeah, episode twenty three, and it's totally fucking weird oh, yeah. and good. Like you know, I'll listen to Cruel Country or whatever Wilco yeah. Schmilko, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, these dudes still got it. Maybe they're not, or I, I am to... musically, but I don't know. Yeah. They're they're still bringing it. I listened to Ode to Joy, and that was like pretty kind of out there, like yeah. weird. Yeah. Um, I know it probably just more speaks to my listening habits. I just listen to a lot, a lot of older music and just repeat listens to other stuff. So yeah, it's probably more on me than it is on yeah, them. Totally. And yeah, the Simpsons, you know, I'll bank like a whole season and be like, you know, me and my wife, Kiki will be like, shit, let's watch like 10 new Simpsons episodes. And it's always enjoyable. Totally. Yeah. I think, I think it's just that, for a lot of these bands, that trajectory is, is once you start getting into the seventh, eighth, ninth record, it gets it can a get a little tricky. bit get a little tricky. And you know, uh, again, which isn't to say that they're not worth checking out. You know, I really enjoyed Star Wars when it came out. I haven't listened to it as much uh, since then. Um, Wait, we'll which the one? The Rise of Skywalker? Or... <laughs> the Wilco the album, for instance, has some weird, really weird songs on it that I I liked, and I think that was another kind of one where they 
kind of go back and forth between just like experimenting and yeah more straightforward that was stuff. almost where they lo lost me where it's like oh, okay they're full-on like meta dad rock <laughs> yeah well yeah well with the name wilco the album and yeah. wilco the song yeah. on there as well right so cool album cover oh they did a, a like a minor threat black flag thing that's that was like cool. a camel Bad company or, or, yeah black black Sabbath thing. that album cover wilco the album is kind of like a accidental wes anderson <laughs> <laughs> very much so uh what's the over and under of that new one having an actual camel in it Oh, the new Ooh. Wes Anderson? Yeah. It does take place in the desert. It's true. It seems a little COVID, COVID-y to me. Oh, the it's trailer. Like a movie? Yeah, it's, it's all like, like a soundstage. It has all these actors, but like no like three main actors are going to be in the same room. And yes. I believe that Tom Hanks probably was a relate a late replacement for Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, well, he I actually thought well, it was he did have to, he did have to to drop out because of COVID. So yeah, or and also because of his well, the other stuff didn't certainly didn't help. But uh, anyways, yeah. no Wes Anderson talk on this podcast. That's for our yet our third podcast. That's for our Wes Anderson pod uh, improv podcast. Wes and yeah, it's called uh Wes and wow. yeah, it's and then we have another one called Go Wes. It's Anderson, called uh, man. It's called 2000s kids get it, but it's hard. Only to... 2000s, only 90s kids who actually came of age in the 2000s will understand. Yeah, see, are, are things that we still like to this day, but for some reason feel compelled to sort of shit on, apologize for it, or something. Yeah. <laughs> not me, like, baby. I love we, like talk ourselves into not liking it, or it's like it's not cool to. Yeah, can't we, prob really... we problematize everything. Uh, who cares, man? You can't earnestly like Just like what you anymore. like. Yeah, yeah. If you if you gotta be, you gotta suffer. It's like things are not <laughs> meant to be enjoyed. Dude, I can't re even remember like the last time I gave a a movie less than three stars on Letterbox. I've become such a softy. Wow. about movies. Yeah, you really. I mean, I just saw you get Pass with Glory only three and a half. What's up with that? Huh? What? I give that four or five. Uh, yeah, three and a half, dude. I just logged it myself. Hassle Go Glory, the Kubrick. Yeah. No, you got to be mistaken. Oh, dude. Shat on it. Wow. I love that Bob Dylan song. Or no, that's Paths of Victory, I think. Anyway, <laughs> here we go. All right. Noah. Well, moving on. Moving let's on. Jump into let's give, let's TV, give TV on, the, on radio. the radio. Let's give them their due. Yeah. Love them. Wants to jump? Yeah, I'm. I'm not. They're not one of my guys. I like them, so I. I'll, I'll, let's get the floor over to. Hey, more, uh These are one of your guys, Adrian. Right? <laughs> um, I guess yes. Certainly to a point. I mean, similarly, I think. To... It's a lot of they're one of your guys' allegations. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were. You downloaded the, the EP illegally, did you not? Sir? I did. I yes, I downloaded Hand a lot of God. all of their records, and you know, I was definitely, <laughs> you know, day day one day of purchasing first for the uh, bigger records and, and such. But I think it's interesting because, you know, they came out of that New York scene of the Strokes and the Yeah Yeahs and Interpol, mm -hmm. and that 
but they've taken they take it they take it in a different direction because those yeah. bands are a little bit more you know even though they're a little weird or scronky or whatever they're all kind of more straightforward i think tv on the radio is doing something more interesting you know obviously they're incorporating a lot more electronics uh into their sound um and as time moved on obviously it's it becomes kind of more uh meshed into the everything and so the foot feels like a whole band and, and you know uh, obviously it's, bands, it's, it's you know, less together. white yeah that's yes that's very true i think what they have one white guy two i, guess? I can't remember um one is it just one it's just what's his face right uh, uh, the guy, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, white yeah, guy, the guy. producer, um, what's his name, Stizik or something? Uh, Dave Sidic, right? Static. Static. I never, I, I've never known how to say Davey it, Static, but yes, he's a integral, you know, key component of a lot of the bands actually because he did produce a lot of them. But it's interesting because it is kind of a thing that just started, right? They they were just sort of a couple of dudes hanging around an actor pal and, and, and you know and, and this producer dude and then you're kind of just like hey let's put something together and it becomes an ep and then that ep gets blown up because of pitchfork and other things you know they entered the mm-hmm. hype machine that ep was one of the first kind of encounters for me with like internet hype where it's like yeah Wait, what this is like five songs and one of right. them has a pixies cover like how good could this be like what the fuck is going on and then on? you listen to it and it's like wow very, it's very it's, good it's very good it's very good yeah. and it's kind of it was kind of a cool thing because it was like it's the new wave of indie rock it's neither fish nor foul because you're like oh is this indie rock supposed to be yeah. kind of bombastic and snarky but this is like oh this is like fucking kind of serious and soulful and eclectic yeah, you know there's drum like, machines yeah. it was like a psychedelic barbershop quartet dude. yeah <laughs> yes yes and you know that's another connecting tissue to to radiohead is that these dudes they have some killer pipes and they can really sing hit those you know those uh melodramatic high notes and such falsetto yeah but anyways, the, and, you know, so then that first record's super hyped, really super hyped, and people were really anxious to get it. I think there was a few leaks of different things, and and just like they they, they really catapulted into that kind of indie rock trajectory, right? And then mm-hmm. as they grew and and expanded, you know, it kind of co- coalesced into a certain sound. And so by the time they get another fourth, fifth record, then you know what a TV on the radio record sounds like, you know, whereas when you first heard them, it was fresh, it was new. And mm-hmm. and then you see them develop into something that's a little bit more mainstream friendly. And you see, you, you know, you, you start hearing uh, their songs in commercials. You start seeing them pop up on, you know, network television shows. You see them, you know, kind of get more play as the hype machine Push them all the way to the top, basically, uh, for a little while. And, you know, I, I tuned out similarly uh, after, I think, their third or fourth record. I can't recall. Uh, maybe their fourth record. But I know that they've been continuing on to do stuff. You know, their last record, I think, came out maybe 10 years ago now, almost. So. Yeah, 2014. I think they're dead. It was 2014. I mean, one of their members died. So. Yes. Yeah, sadly, he um, passed away. And one cancer, of, yeah, Wilco, Wilco and... TV on the radio, maybe the only two bands that have a dead member on this bracket. Yeah, the lips came close. Or no, the lips do have one, don't they? I thought. Oh, Flaming uh, Lips. Don't they have someone? I can't recall. Maybe. 
but yeah, the dude so, who did heroin on camera. Right. I think he's doing good. He's still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. He's still doing good, Steve. Uh, oh, Steve Frost. Right, right. But anyways, back to TV on the radio. So yeah, that you know they they did follow that similar trajectory, and then they became a very big indie rock band, whatever that meant and means in the late aughts, early two twenty tens. You know, they became kind of one of the vanguard bands, like the Yeah Yeah Yeahs or the Strokes. But you know, they're a very New York sounding band. They're very much kind of got a foot in the art world, as we mentioned. Like one of them is uh a character actor you know so they're they're you know they're they're approaching it from a similar kind of more um heady space a kind of a more i don't know collegiate kind of feel to it even though i don't think i don't think these guys went to college but it does have that feel of guys that you know read a lot of books let's say um watch a lot of movies has that feel though no it's like not only did they go to college it's like they were public school teachers when they <laughs> Like oh, right. made their yeah. first album. That's right. Yeah. It feels like they yeah, they were very kind of adult and like uh yeah, lived in Brooklyn before it was cool. Yeah. Well, right, when it was more of a desperation thing. Than a, yeah. They were a lot of sh- like uh, button-ups too. They weren't like a t-shirt guys. You know, mm-hmm. That's a sign of maturity. I think all these bands are button-ups. Button up, buttoned up. <laughs> But yeah, they had, I would say, so the criteria, they did have, I think, a legitimate hit, right? The uh, Wolf Like it? Me. Wolf Like Me. Yeah, yeah, that was on the Big MTV, MTV too. Big, sure. big song. Definitely had a run. Definitely had a lot of, almost all their albums were hyped. Definitely were the kind of lovable weirdos. They got mm-hmm. co-signed by David Bowie and uh, like, David Byrne was at their show and stuff like that. Always so. on their record, right? He's, Always he's on their record. Their record. Yeah. I was listening to that song today. Yeah. The uh, what is it? Uh, Love Province. Is the province. Of province. The grave. Yeah. And I was like, dude, Bowie is so fucking cool. Where he's like, I love your band, but I just want to sing backup on the, on the chorus. <laughs> and he's such a good backup singer. Like on all mm-hmm. of his albums, he sings backup and he's very good at arranging backup vocalists. Like Luther Vandross was that guy's yeah. backup vocalist. So he's very good at that. Like he's very respectful for of like studio musicians. So he's like, yeah, just let me sing backup. And they never once like drop out the rest of the band and be like, this is the Bowie part. And yeah. if you look on the record and on you know streaming and stuff he's not even credited he's just doing it as like a just like a low-key favorite and you could hear it that it's bowie but if you didn't know it you might not really yeah, might register it. it you might yeah. think it was somebody doing a bowie but it's so yeah. tastefully done it, it's awesome that song's great yeah good shot to that song yeah great song um well fuck we're gonna have to yeah Axe one of these. Yeah. Should we should we hear little pieces of both before we make a final decision? Yeah, I think we we got to. First up, let's get a little piece of Wilco. Some something a little different from last episode. Here is Spiders parentheses Kid Smoke from oh. the A Ghost Is Born record. One of their more artsy pieces. Here. here we go.
certainly one of the more kind of listen to noise angular <laughs> yeah yeah it's yes weekly reminder go find some great motoric records okay and then next up we have one of the more one of tv on the radio's more well-known songs i would say um an early kind of minor, maybe like a college rock kind of yeah. s- sort of hit. It's um, kind of an anthem. Very much. Uh, well, a lot of their songs are very anthemic, yeah. but it's you know it, it, definitely a song that that uh, hooked me the first time I heard it. But here it is "Staring at the Sun" by TV on. You got it. The radio. falsetto there mm-hmm. yeah this yeah. is a tough one man um i will one thing to say about tv on the radio is they do have a self-released album called okay calculator oh yeah yeah it was be. um it's very funny very much so i think it <laughs> what the i think that what what it was is that um the aforementioned dave Sidic Sitek. And uh, Tunde Adabimpe, the singer, hopefully, I'm sure I'm mangling his, his name there, sorry. But um, I think they had put together all these tracks, right? And then they're just yeah. like, well, what the fuck are we going to do with this? So they put put them on a CDR, as one did in 2002, and that became OK Calculator. And they just kind of, uh, I think, I believe they kind of just left it places, you know, cafes and yeah. the like. And then um, that kind of <laughs> built, uh, that sort of built a little bit of a hype there. Locally for them, is it like, you know, who the fuck's this band? Okay, Calculator, that's funny. Like, I get it. But yeah, some I think there's some songs on there that maybe evolved into other songs. I don't know. I haven't listened to it in a long, long time, so I can't remember. What year is that one? I think that's like 02. Uh, so if, yeah. one, if The Young Liars is like 03. Yeah, it's like super old, early on. So like I always 02, thought that yeah. was cool because I thought they were like taking the piss out of like indie rockers because it was like they had the okay calculator and then they have the um well it's like calculate and then you downgrade it to a calculator from a computer yeah, from computer so yeah. it's like it's well, gonna be a little stupider the, and then they had the less pixies, complex the mr. pixies Greaves. like mr greaves cover too where it's just like yeah we're like shouting out the people that have come yeah. before but forebears yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 all right where are we gonna go with this who advances who goes to the final four this is no. a tough one. I think go ahead, go ahead. No, let you go. It is kind of crazy. Like it dawned on me that yeah, radio uh TV on the radio is just done. Like they have a finite amount of music. It's been, you know, 10 years almost. And then Wilco. I think they're cool, but they're not very they're not really cool anymore. <laughs> I don't think and, they care or they're like trying to be cool anymore. And Radiohead's not really cool anymore. They're kind of like homework. <laughs> Jeez. They're vegetables. Um, you know what? It's in the name. I'm going with TV on the radio. Wow. Head. Wow. Nice. Yeah. I mean, wow. Wilco strong is point, probably my point. favorite. My, I think I like Wilco, the band, 
better. And I understand that they started the whole kind of who is the American Radiohead argument. But I think the criterion that I lay forth, Radiohead, I mean, TV, TV on, on the Radiohead fits. <laughs> TV on the Radiohead fits. And definitely for like the purposes better. of our, our little podcast here. Even though I still think it's kind of a bad band name, but. I'll go uh, next. Yeah, go ahead. Well, you know what me and uh, the owner of the People's Records in Santa Rosa, California have in common? What's that? Bumping Wilco all the way. What's that dude say? <laughs> yeah. He's like, we're... Like, yeah, Wilco all the way. Wilco all the way. I'm gonna go Wilco. Um, just on the strength of their their documentary, the other documentary. I'm trying to break <laughs> your heart. Um, no, just like on the strength of like the, their lead up albums, and then kind of how they crested creatively, yeah. artistically, experimentally with those other I mean, two albums, and then just the power that they gave them as a touring band as a like a commercial concern like they they just really took on like they they kind of became definitionally like an american indie rock alternative band you know for like Mm -hmm. even though they're contemporaries with radiohead contemporaries with you know nirvana and stuff or whatever kind of other popular rock bands they were they were like they were carrying a torch, um, and Definitely. still kind of are in certain in uh, certain respects. So sure, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to, yeah, to not you know the to yeah. go with them based on just how huge they are and how much I really really love that band. Seen them live a number of times, and I mean, um, and I just really think that they're a very special band with a very special approach to music, and they're just doing. They're doing their thing and they do it with grace and um, grace and grit and just to keep things, keep things interesting. That's their, Oh, this just announced Will's Wilco's next album is called grace and grit. Yeah. It's a um, new doc. But I, uh, Caleb, just to piggyback on what you're saying. Now you already voted, dude. You already know, said but, your piece. But between the three of us, I don't even think we would be doing this podcast without our collective kind of love for Wilco. Uh, That's true. Yeah. They're a big glue band, I would say. Yeah. Yes. I mean that we mentioned it in our pilot episode, but that uh, documentary, the I am trying to break your heart. That was like very influential on or not, I don't even know if it was influential, but it was just something that we watched a lot yeah. when we yeah. were teenagers a lot like i've seen yeah. that movie like a hundred times and it was kind of i mean and i feel like like radiohead also had like little documentaries and behind the scenes stuff and you kind of see how a band works and everything yeah, and that's yeah, like yeah, yeah. really interesting and how they piece things together and yeah what kind of all the politics of it are it's just like really interesting uh insights into that mm-hmm. adrian well it's all up to me then huh so Honestly, TV on the radio made a very good outing here. Um, revisiting them, certainly I was reminded of how good they are and um, how much I love their records. Uh, I did not explore any of their later stuff. Perhaps I will at another time. I just kind of went back to the things I enjoyed back in the day. But, you know, on the other hand, Wilco was also another band that I've 
very much love as we're talking this it was a huge band for all of our friend group for us here on the podcast um it certainly was yes a glue band that kind of connected everyone um it's certainly any time that they release something in that era we were all very excited and to see how they evolved and changed and grew with every record certainly you know up to a point and you know as we're saying there would not be a podcast most likely if it was not for wilco and our love for wilco so as much as it pains me to see tv on the radio get kicked off of this tournament and go into the losers bracket uh, I just I have to go with my gut, and I think Wilco needs to go forward just for for a number of reasons and everything that we've covered here. But I think they just cover things a little bit a little bit better than TV on the radio. And you know, if maybe if TV on the radio was still a going concern, if they have yeah, had yeah, more, yeah. more recent record, perhaps they would have a better a stronger chance here at at, at moving forward. But I'm gonna lock in here and say, uh, Wilco, you're um you're advancing. You heard it here, folks. Wilco is our first entrant into the final four. We'll comply. We'll <laughs> comply. All right. Let's move along. Can we take a breaky poo? Sure thing. Yes. All right. Let's take a quick commercial break. I'll be right back. Yep. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Um, okay. Let's go over to the West Side, Best Side. And let's see our first matchup there in the Indy eight is OKC's the flaming lips versus LA's the Mars Volta. Interesting mm. bands, interesting matchup. Interesting matchup. I think that they're both working in a similar vein of psychedelia and but... kind of maximalism to these sure. maximalist. Yeah. 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 Of all the overthinkers. Writer. Of all the bands here, they're certainly the ones that are pushing it to the wall and past the wall. Yeah. They um, have a, a silliness that Radiohead never really has. I think that we're talking Radiohead, about the, the lips. We go, we start there. Both bands, I would I think, say. I think Radiohead gets yeah. unfairly maligned as being too serious because, like, a lot of their artwork and things are playful or funny. Yeah, they have like just goofy lyrics too. Yeah, yeah. it's just that. Uh, yeah, they, they it, it's the kind of that self serious indie rocker kind of yeah. thing that, that they get pe- pegged with. But, yeah. um, but certainly these bands take it to a whole another level. But should we just start in on the on the lips? Yeah, let's go with the lips. Let's go. I like the, I like the flaming lips. I had a flaming lips era. Yeah, like soft bulletin, Yushimi. Good. It's like kind of bubblegummy pop with like a really strong kind of theatrical psychedelic pop underpinnings, overpinnings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very like you said, like the conceptual thing. You know, they have a couple concept albums at least. So just at to least, remind yeah. you of the the checklist, uh, a hit song, an early hit song, check. Uh, kind of a three album run check, lovable weirdos. Yep, triple check. I forget about that big ball too. That's in the band, and then uh, goes over the crowd. And then, like I was saying, they always felt a little kind of fully formed. Kind of felt a little wise beyond their years, but they do have a little. Some of their lyrics and stuff are kind of. how do you say it? Like like the Do You Realize song, the kind of 
everyone sentimental everyone you know one day will die like that sort of uh true what is that what would you call that a a, emotive an innocence they're uh maudlin maudlin but like a childish yeah they're not trying to be profound they're they're like that's a very standard observation yeah (laughs) like that's very uh, kind of like wide-eyed, a, a time-worn truth. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think to, by the time they got to that song, they had really synthesized their sound and their the things that they're trying to say into like really, mm-hmm. even though it's maximalist in the in the sonics, I think that they had really refined what they do what they do into like a, yeah a, a a pretty pretty good yeah. you know uh, not an exact science, but they got it down to the point where yes, they can simplify and make these songs that are. are lyrically more simpler you know yeah, i think their but, earlier work is a lot more uh, obscure and weird yeah. in that sense of like they're going for that full-on psychedelia uh, you know yeah. makes no sense kind of lyrics or scratch uh, your head kind of lyrics a, a pejorative <laughs> term would be like naive but mm-hmm. i don't think they are i think they're kind of winkingly naive. yeah they're kind of snarky actually it's, it, yeah, yeah it's it's tongue-in-cheek for sure yeah um the one thing i would say I don't I think some bands chased Radiohead as far as kind of their as a way to be a a big band and how you had to, you know, kind of move your production forward and change a little bit here and there. But I would say like Flaming Lips are kind of maybe a more influential band than Radiohead is as far as people that truly kind of copied their sound i don't know well, if you'd agree with that after the after uh wayne coin started doing the like speakerphone thing right yeah. which he kind of ripped off from the butthole, butthole surfers yeah. but certainly that became a trope in indie rock and that kind of like stage stage presence and yeah. stagecraft for sure got ripped off like yes they they kind of Dude loves the paisley top <laughs> he does uh, he, they paved the way for that kind of um, that sort of uh, putting on a big circus type show and and having a kind of a you know um, a happening or a be in you know from the yes. from back in the day. That's kind of the whole their whole kind of thing yeah. is like inviting everyone to join them in this kind of weird are, funky psychedelic. Journey. Are the Flaming Lips steampunk? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that they have enough um, goggles. They're, they're yeah, close. It's not mechanical enough. They're what I've heard <laughs> called Twizzy. Twizzy? Which What's is that? like, it encompasses twee. like, Twee. No, it encompasses like, uh, it's like anything from, from like Rob Zombie to like, people are into Rollerball to like, Jim Rhodes, like circus side, like, like side show shit. Yeah, kind of um, retro futurism or something. Yeah, very quiet. Very like... <laughs> Um, like suggestive of the retro yeah. futurism, sure, but they, very kind of like forced, quirky. I don't know. It's it's. I like the term because it's like I don't know what it means, but I know when I see it. Yeah, I would say they're borderline twizzy. They're very um like self-aware, so like like defined. Where you know, I mean, they're 
I mean, they made like movies and stuff out of their whole persona, yeah, like right. where it's like, yeah, we're building this whole world in the same way that Radiohead has as well. Like Radiohead's yeah. getting fucking Paul Thomas Anderson to direct their short film and shit. So like it's kind of the same way where they, they they know how to hype up themselves. Yeah. And that's a way to kind of beat the hype yeah. machine. But even though like their told delivery is very showy. And there's a lot of pageantry to it. They're very serious about it, you know, and they're kind of grasping at larger themes and kind of creating pretty ornate music in in their own way. Wing Tone, you know, he's, I think, to a certain generation, because the Flaming Lips became so big on like the, you know, Coachella or whatever, the ball and all that shit, you know, a live show being they're almost they almost verge on being like camp or something yeah but i think wayne Cohn is very he still is kind of like avant-garde and he's a, he's a true kind of weirdo dude yeah yeah he, yeah and they certainly are continuing to keep that going i think uh he certainly keeps he's keeping the flag alive um i haven't checked out any of their real latest stuff but uh what, you know what, what was their last album they just put one out pretty recently didn't they i mm-hmm. don't recall the name of it but and i would say though uh like you were saying kid like twizzy or something because yeah you could say they are kind of twee because twee always has a tinge of a kind of melancholy like a little yeah as kind of exuberant as their live shows is like it does feel like Wayne Cone has lived a kind of crazy life and he does Mm -hmm. wrestle with kind of depression and uh, existential quandaries and kind of yeah so their last record was American Head, and it was released in 2020. Whoa, there it is, American Radio. Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, oh, did they get fast tracked just because of that? they called their shot? Wait, I'm seeing here they came out with that album two weeks ago, so I think they were they're chasing our podcast. Yeah, they heard it. They're like, we got to get in the studio now. <laughs> <laughs> got to call up Miley. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think another thing, another way that they're similar to Radiohead is that, yes, that they certainly lived up to a certain hype in terms of the expectations of them. And when every record then for a little while was like, well, what's what are they going to do next? How are they going to top themselves? Because, yes. you know, from the soft bulletin to Zyrica to, you know, uh, uh, Yoshimi, like these are all big, big concepts, right? I mean, Zyrica is literally a record that you put on four different turntables in four different corners of the room and they play them together and you're supposed to get, you know, this crazy experience. And so they're, you know, they're working on these bigger levels i think you're right i think wayne coin's kind of one of those guys that's just like really interested in art and pushing his his art i think that radio had similar obviously they're not taking it in the kind of cartoonish direction in the camp the semi-campy direction that, that the lips are but there's a certain bombasticness to both of them and they both put on a good show both using a lot of lights that's true yeah that's true uh, should we move on to the Mars Volta? Yes, I was going to say the Mars Volta. 
again, another psychedelic band, but like working who, in a different kind of yeah kind of stream. Yeah, well, yeah. they you know you know as we all know, the Mars Volta came out of At the Drive-In, who was a post-hardcore punk band. Some Caleb. people have called them emo. I don't know. They were one of my first favorite bands ever. That was me like and, me and Caleb are re- are related to a guy that went to high school with those dudes. Oh yeah, yeah. Shout out El Paso, Texas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's shout true. We are Gabe, cousin Gabe. Shout don't out. Say his last name. No, we're not going to say his last <laughs> name. It's not the same as our last name, so don't go googling it. Um, yeah, shout out Gabe, and shout out to his best man from his wedding who smoked yeah. us out and talked to us about well, quantum mechanics. We smoked him out and yeah. talked about quantum mechanics and how they knew the after driving guys. So <laughs> speaking right. of quantum mechanics, this is a heady band. You know, After Driving was kind of a progressively minded post-hardcore band. They used a lot of, you know, kind of had the loud, quiet dynamics. They used a lot of mm-hmm. screaming, you know, kind of shouty vocals, heavy guitars, yeah. yes. you know, different kind of tempo changes and stuff. But then they did use electronic patches and textures and kind of had a spacier thing and always had um, very obtuse lyrics. I don't really know how to describe them. I'm not as poetic or something yeah um very yeah just very out there and dense and uh, kind of nonsensical uh, in a way they were the texas afi yes (laughs) afi that's a band we missed they should have been mixed for uh, american they're a little too in their genre (laughs) too punk a little too punk and then a little too too emo yeah but um you know interesting not, thought not too far off but yes yeah just kind of um difficult dense lyrics anyway so then their sounds kind of split so then at, when at the drive and went on indefinite hiatus i think they later got back together but yeah um, much to my chagrin in 2001 they broke up and then they split into sparta and then the mars volta and sparta went into more kind of more straightforward kind of sparta sucks all um yeah kind of records uh, enjoyable there's some good they have an ep that's pretty good the first ep but yeah that one the kind of more the anthemic kind of more basic rock format Mm -hmm. and then the mars volta carried the mantle of the stuff that was experimental and druggy druggy left field field, pulled in a lot kind of kept the kind of high energy high octane kind of post-hardcore kind of unwound um sonic youth a bunch of different kind of band sounds pretty aggressive you know but yeah they incorporated dub and latin music and um prog you know so they they incorporated a lot of things their band has a dead guy right well the their well this 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 segues nicely into what you're saying when your criteria is like there's a conceptual bent to them so like that first album was all about um member of their band i think he was either in at the driver or the other band before that called like x facto or something and he de facto, it was de facto yeah yeah de facto and he was like a dude who was just kind of like a scene legend you know really he artistic, was a sound guy right cool guy yeah i think yeah he's like a sound guy and um he like had a drug problem or tried to commit suicide or something. He was hospitalized and like lost some core functions of his body. He basically jumped out of a window 
and died. So then like the whole album, the that first album, the last Conventorium or whatever it's called, that's all about like his journeys through the underworld and shit. So it's like very much a concept album. That's a true concept album. Yes. Yeah. So when it came out, like and they were very open about it too. And then you're like, you know, and then like the gatefold or mm-hmm. like the liner notes had like images that are like very evocative and kind of touched on in the lyrics and everything and yeah so yeah they kind of took that kind of high concept psychedelic thing that radiohead also had and i would say turned it way up and probably embraced the like a tad bit more of the 70s yes radiohead did and yeah i mean they're not a band for everyone i mean like even people i knew were like into indie kind of more Mm open-minded they heard it and they're like this is this is like way too much this is way too busy mr bungle yeah (laughs) totally it kind of is wow um yeah they have been on this list no no mr a super group mike patton we should just just put mike patton solo Yeah, the, uh, the Mike Patton universe. I do suffer. Like it is insufferable. Handsome boy modeling school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> school. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're like yeah. a super group, but um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so then, uh, yeah. So then, that's kind of what they were known for, and um, yeah, like even people who are into hardcore and punk, it's like, um, yeah, I guess they're hardcore screaming punk. and there's like hardcore punk. There's like guitars and shit but i don't know it goes off into weird directions and gets really spacey at times and gets a little too ornate at times so it's definitely a thrill ride of a band um yeah so then i think they only got weirder or definitely more proggy i feel like after Prog, those, like yeah they the leaned Francis, into the, prog. the mute and then the Francis like, the mute was just, yeah that was yeah that's got, 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 got some riffs and then, miss. then there's like the Bedlam album that came out after that is like pretty proggy, but also over like, uh, Amputecture. Oh, Amputecture, yeah. But they kind of like actually they got proggier, but they also incorporated kind of pop structures too. They had like legit kind of more clean yeah. vocals and well, they um, math and rock, shit, math mathy, yeah. yeah. Well, they are Mexican Americans, right? From Texas, so They're from yes. El Paso, yeah, yeah. I they believe do have a either like Cuban or Mexican, Puerto Rican, yeah. They're they're Latin. They American do dudes. have a a kind yeah, of proggy Tejano, and then a Lebanese sound band too. Yeah, mm-hmm. there is a bit of a like a Tejano kind of, you yeah. know, like a a bit of that. Oh, for sure. Out, yes. Right. Yes. So oh, for sure. Like, and straight like up, that, like Francis to me, there's like, like you can hear cajones and shit yeah, in the album. Like, there's yeah. like yeah. tons of Latin percussion and shit. Like, yeah. Very, very, I think you mentioned it in the group chat, very much Santana esque. Yeah. Santana. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, so, they're cool. Yeah. Kind of cool. Very like you respect and admire them and not necessarily like dig them anymore. <laughs> uh, but actually, you know, I listened to those first two albums, not all the way through, some select cuts, but I'm like, you know, this shit kind of works, you know, and it's something Certainly, you kind of have to yeah. come around to because, like, I dropped off of them because I was like, I'm not a prog guy. <laughs> sure enough, prog comes for us all. I kind of wouldn't call myself a prog guy now, but I definitely have spent a lot of time listening to 
King Crimson and fucking whatever else. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, um, so now when I hear it, I'm like, I like what you guys are doing. It's good to be out there and weird and kind of not like just like nerds about the technicality nerdy, of it all. Yeah. Yeah. And but not like, to mention in terms of popularity, I mean like Flea would played bass on that first album. Like yeah, the yeah. shit was on MTV. They oh, were they like, were huge. They were Shanties huge. on there yeah. too, right? I believe so, yeah. They had a cool aesthetic. They were like one of the guys who's in Long Beach of All Stars is on there. I think played <laughs> drums. They looked, they looked like the Ramones with afros or yeah, yeah, curly yeah. hair. Yeah. And then they had like their names were like stylized like Spanish dudes. They had like two last names and shit. Yeah, it's like Caleb, you always said like uh, Radiohead. What what's your thing about Radiohead? The most crazy. Oh, they're the most extreme band you listen to, or they're the least extreme band you listen to. <laughs> And I think so for, for the normies, they're out there, and for the yeah, and I think the, that could be said the heads. for the heads. as far as prog Their rock, starter pack shit. As far as <laughs> prog rock goes, that could probably be said about uh, the Mars Volta a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I would prog. say like them and like Coheed yeah. and Cambria. Like yeah, uh, what's the other one? Um, there's that other similarly to Coheed and Cambria that everyone likes. Uh, God damn it! They're like a. Uh, like glass job and not glass job. It's another band like that, though. Okay. Anyways, <clears throat> anyhow, there's a, there's a number of these starter prog bands, yeah that that uh, that could get you interested in you know diving into the yes. Yeah, uh, I have a catalog. funny. I was hanging out with our friend of the show Ken, and he had he had just got like a spindle of uh, blank CDs. He's like, you want me to burn you anything? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, you got, uh, I was just looking through his hard drive or whatever. And he had um, the Gang of Four album, the uh, Entertainment. Uh, what's, is that the first, the uh, white noise in a white room? Is that entertainment? Yeah. Yeah. I think he had entertainment, but it's it was one of those like 120 minute, uh, Blank CDs. CDs. So he's like, he's like, well, you could put something else on there. He's like, you want to, you want the uh, Francis the Mute on there? <laughs> so for wow. years, I had, I had, and that was so crazy about get uh, burn CDs. I had so many weird double. Albums. And a lot of times, it's just like a matter of like logistics. Just whatever. You're yeah. like, well, this album's 38 minutes. There's so I had, yes. on here. Yeah. Yeah. So and you I have had, like a weird uh, single at the end of it too. Yeah, so I had uh yeah, I had uh the Gang of Four and then Francis the Mute on the same record. It was so weird. But there was a lot of those albums I used to have. And it's funny, to this day I still associate them together. Some of them make more sense. I remember I had on the same like my brother Zachary burned me. I believe I had on the same album I had um the replacements uh let it be and new order uh power corruption and lies which yeah that's at least the same decade right (laughs) and then i had i think i had this is another funny one i had uh grace the uh what's his name that album grace uh shit jeff buckley jeff buckley and Aladdin Sane, <laughs> David Bowie. You just get like this random. It's, it's like, like it's an two, honor to share. These are, these are two CD 30, with you, sir. Yeah, but it's like these are two 30 minute records that fit on like an hour long 
burn CD. <laughs> <laughs> I had so many of those double features. Yeah, they're cool. Those were yeah, the days. Fun. Those are always fun. Well, cool. should we hear these guys? Hear them out. Let's All do right. it. So to start us off, here is a bit of the Flaming Lips album, Embryonic. Here is Aquarius Sabotage. And, Whoa, that uh, sounds like a lyric from... A Wilco lyric? Uh, that sounds like a Demos in the Consortium lyric. Uh, oh, yeah. yes, that's true. Uh, so here we go. Catchy little number. Digging that. <laughs> Digging that. Psychedelic, baby. That was the last Flaming Lifts album I ever listened to. All the way Pretty good. I think it's like here, a lot yeah. like that. Raw. Karen O is on it. All right, folks. Well, you got the idea. That's a very uh, psychedelic song. <clears throat> uh here is and here is some of the Mars Volta from the aforementioned Francis the Mute record. It is, uh, I believe, the single, or if I'm not mistaken, it is, right? It is, yes. And it is called "The Widow." So let's. Oh yeah, uh, I remember this song. This song was an MTV2 video oh, for, for sure. sure. They were at the drive-in, and the Mars Volta, two big MTV2 bands. So here we go. Here is uh here's around the minute fifty mark. Let's see what we get. Yeah. All right. Guys got some pipes. I like the guitar work on there. It's very feral. This yeah. bracket has taught me anything. Mars Volta, good. <laughs> wow. Uh, we learned Unexpected. something. Unexpected. We learned something. <clears throat> Who wants to start it us off here on the voting? I'll go with the lips. Lips. Right. Lips. Caleb? I'm going to go with Mars Volta. Um, I like them more than the playing lips. I have a bigger connection to them, but also... Like you gotta go for the weirdos. You gotta go for bands that were really fucking psych psychedelic, fucking out there, you know. Um, sure. Yeah, and they're just weird dudes. Also, the Food's Gone Wild connection. <laughs> Travis Pixler Zavala is all about it. He's all about that life. Uh, Rasa. Yeah, they were one of the last kind of mainstream rock stars where it's like those guys do fucking heroin and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's true. Wow. So, okay. So, I'll be the tiebreaker here. You know, I agree, Caleb. I think that you're going to, you do want to go with the weirdo, the the weirdos and the, the wild ones often. In this case, I think that I have to go with my gut again and say the lips. 
I like the I like the idea of the Mars Volta going up against a Kendrick Lamar or a Tool. That's an interesting matchup, but I just think the Flaming Lips fit the criterion a little better. Yeah. They have the hit, you know. There's some other things that uh, uh, connect them a little bit more to Radiohead in, in terms of sound and and, and thematics. I think the Mars Volta would have been an interesting pick, and I'm. I'm very glad that they made it into the tournament itself because, as you said, Noah, it's been a pleasure to revisit them, even though I might not, uh, you know, enjoy every aspect of these albums. But, uh, you know, they still rip and they still offer a lot. Uh, I just think, yeah, in this case, the lips, uh, the lips take it. Nice. Well, let's not forget, though, that Beto O'Rourke was in a band with the Mars Volta guys at one point. Was he? Yeah. yeah. Foss. Oh, oh Foss. Very nice. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, Great. Dude's a nerd. All right. Um, what do we got? Right. One more band left or one more? Two. Oh, we got two more matchups. The last so two matchups let's, here. Let's, let's get through this. What sticks in the East? Oh, let's stick Shit. in the West. Let's just pop down to the bottom of this uh, round, this bracket, and see who the lifts are going to be facing off against. So we have Kendrick Lamar of south la versus tool also of la battle of los angeles battle of los angeles dude rage against the machine no they can't fit on here no rap rock <laughs> <laughs> they would be like for a minute there for they a yeah. have, hot they second maybe. toured with uh radiohead for i'm sure a they've second. been on uh, oh yeah did they play together. the tibetan freedom concert yeah. together they, yeah they would have almost had to that was like oh i have a uh, the rizza he could be American Radiohead. Oh, right? you're totally right. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we made an argument, Mad Lib could be a producers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah true. So Kendrick Lamar, it's interesting. Because I know he definitely fits the criteria of a hit song. Of course, he's had several. Mm-hmm. He's definitely had a three album run or three plus, four, yeah. probably four at this point. He definitely feels kind of that wise beyond your years stuff. Uh, he's definitely weird as hell. Uh, the only thing is, I after that last album, I worry about Kendrick Lamar. Like, where is he going from there? Because, what like, was that last album? I haven't been paying attention. Fucking, it was a sweaty ass title. Was it Mr. Hot Steppa? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They call me Hot Steppa. Mr. Morale and the Big Stepper. They call me Mr. Morale. Murderer. (laughs) I'm the Hot (laughs) Steppa. Yeah, it's like a (laughs) I need Kamozi over here. Um, No, I just feel like he's already won a goddamn (laughs) fucking Nobel Prize. Uh, So it's like uh, Pulitzer? A Pulitzer, yeah, even better. <laughs> um, I don't know, like, I don't know where he goes from here. Like, could you imagine if, like, OK Computer, like, Tom York won the Pulitzer Prize? It's like, goddamn, like, what are your your lyrics? You got to think of something profound every every time out. It's well, just that Kendrick's is like um, the way that he, because certainly Radiohead. Uh, get political and talk about society and the bullshit yeah. aspects of it. But I think Kendrick, the way that he put these records together, 
I think it's just much more of a um almost an yeah. uh anthropologic kind of piece that feels you know a little bit more yeah. I he don't captured know. the zeitgeist. Yes, he did. So, he captured a, a certain um a yeah. moment of in a in a place very well, and I think that that's why he got that uh award. So go ahead, sorry. Well, like so, the only two musicians that have ever gotten it for lyrics are Bob Dylan got it, and then like a year later, Kendrick Lamar got it. So, like I was saying, that kind of like profundity speaking for a generation, you know, political songs and wordplay and. But, you know, Kendrick's actually has more skin in the game than Dylan did as far as yeah, social totally. progression goes, but social progress goes, I guess. But anyways, what do you think, Caleb? Yeah, I would. I mean, yeah, I don't need to get too deep into kind of like how he represents himself lyrically. I would say like musically, he's a pretty ambitious beat maker and like curator. Uh, I know he works with a lot of producers like, you know, anybody in the, in the rap and hip hop fields do, but yeah, there is something of like a very arrangement forward. Um, it seems like it's very carefully constructed, not dissimilar to, you know, Radiohead approaches, you know, kind of a lot of their more electronic end of that spectrum. So yeah, that's kind of interesting concept albums too. I feel like all his albums are, kind of touching on something and have like an, a narrative arc, whether that's through kind of motifs, lyrically skits, you yeah. know, call yeah. Yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that. So mm -hmm. yeah, um, definitely like very interested, interesting guy. Yeah. And always just like keeping people engaged with his releases and everything, you know, it's like a big deal. They're big event releases. Mm -hmm. um, that's true. And, you know, honestly, um, if we're talking about basketball, you couldn't watch the playoffs in 2017 without hearing something off a of dam. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And also he's, he's cousins with Nick Young. So, um, <laughs> he is. Yeah. yeah. Shout out Nick. <laughs> Let's go. Swaggy P baby. Yeah. Nick Swaggy. Swaggy is still in the league. Yeah. No, he's been out he's, since yeah. 2018. You got that chip with the Warriors though, baby. Uh, yeah, he did. So, um, yeah. Dam was like a perfect album. Yeah. That last album, I don't know. I just I also like the um, what's the untitled one or whatever, the one that's all like the untitled and mastered or whatever. Yeah, that shit's like good. That. Oh, I that, was that good. has that yeah. probably has probably the strongest flows on it and everything too. And it was cool to just like very jazzy, stripped down and like mm -hmm. yeah, kind of kind of his neo grimier it was yeah yeah. He he does do kind of similar to Tom York in Tom York's heyday with the OK Computer kind of how he does like a like mechanical i am like yeah robot alien dude yeah yeah like, sure yeah it's that kind of voice kind of leans into that he's yeah. like a little bit yeah we uh, i am a weirdo from self-referential yeah well that's uh, okay that's an interesting thing because he can be more just as radiohead is like they can they they switch between they switch gears between and sometimes even within the same song more organic aspects and then more electronic aspects and like he's very good at mixing these two aspects of like the noisier i mean obviously hip-hop for you know generations has been doing this but i think of the lit of the newer kind of of his generation of rappers he's very good at like curating his sound and making sure that everything is of a piece and everything feels good together but he wasn't afraid to like you know to work with guys like thundercat or or um yeah jazzy um kamasi washington yeah you know, to, to really kind of 
put something that's a little bit more you know um esoteric or or yeah you know, uh, a little more um artistic than the average uh hip-hop record in you know whatever the in the 2010s and i think he certainly carried that through and obviously the themes are huge for him you know every record seems to have this big overarching theme i agree his last record was i liked it and i listened to it a few times Once. when it came out but uh yeah i haven't returned to it um as much as like yeah damn or the um, good kid or to pimp a butterfly but uh, you know it's um he's still swinging for the rafters you know he's still going for it and um certainly another another person who every record cycle there's huge huge hype everyone gets super excited that's why when there's like these like i'm glad you mentioned untitled unmastered caleb because it's kind of a low-key release kind of just dropped out of nowhere and and unexpectedly and you know it, it does have some of his strongest work you know i said it's kind of his Neil soul record. What I meant was it's kind of more organic feeling, a little bit more jazzy, a little bit more flowing and free than this other mm -hmm. stuff. That's a little bit more kind of, yeah, it, it's, it's sticking to the program of the, of yeah. the um, concept. But he I think has he, that. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, go <clears throat> no, ahead. no, no. I was finished pretty much. Go ahead. But he has that same thing. Like remember when Radiohead came out with like uh what was a King of limbs or whatever. Sure. It was yes. like, this is only like eight songs. Like, it felt less hyped. Like the same thing when Kendrick had the that untitled kind of was like kind of a surprise drop. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh well, this is less. This is kind of a tossed off thing, but still, it was still very much embraced and like it was like, oh wow, it's like new music. Like it was still consumed and people still loved it and talked about it. I mean, it still went to number one. You know, it yeah. still sold really well. So. But should we? Yeah, and I'll, yeah. Also, the I'll think just say one more thing before we give them to listen is, I feel like with like I definitely remember like when the uh, Hell to the Thief came out, or maybe even in Rainbows, it was like okay, everyone, this album comes out tomorrow, so yeah, go, go get your it, watch, and you're gonna sit down, you're gonna listen to it, and I feel <laughs> like. Kendrick that's what still, happened yes. with that Kendrick, yeah. the, the oh, yeah. last one especially, dude, because it came out yeah. during the pandemic, where and everyone's like, okay, it's talking about topical themes, mm -hmm. it's it's prescient, mm -hmm. and he's yeah. the voice of a generation, so you need to yeah. listen to it, and and we're gonna talk about it, and we're gonna dissect it, and we're gonna like have all these hot takes and all these opinions yeah. about it. And I feel like that's a very yeah Radiohead mindset, um, definitely, you know, Caleb. Sure, with his listeners. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Like, hip hop albums are the only albums to this day that I still stay up till like midnight to listen to. Yeah. And that was one of them. Like, I listened to that like twice. It was like one in the morning. I was like, ah, I got to go to bed. Like, I can't tell you if this is good or not. Like, I yeah. enjoyed the experience. But everyone but, told me I had to listen to it. Yeah. I mean, I was excited to listen to it. But, yeah, totally. Yeah. But you're right. Radiohead, too, back then, yeah, where you would have to like, whatever, download it at, midnight if you could with the in rainbows or whatever like back they were kind of one of the first uh bands that did that like the drop at like midnight so mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. who's he we, up against yeah we should we jump into tool now yeah. uh -oh. what, what do you say about tool that hasn't been said before <laughs> oh man they've been around for a long time yeah almost contemporaries already ahead but they uh, run 
you know, Radiohead is the kind of psychedelic band of our generation. Uh, Tools, the prog band of our <laughs> generation. Yeah, I think that's a pretty. Is good Radiohead? Assessment. I don't think Radiohead's psychedelic. I feel like I mean they were always compared to like, anything. They're trip hop. Well, they're trippy, <laughs> and they're, I think they're yeah, they're not like psychedelic rock, but they were always compared to Pink Floyd. And I yeah. think you know their their adherence to kind of the Pink Floyd approach. So yeah. maybe that's kind of one. I kind of pegged them as psychedelic man. I mean, I mean, honestly, yeah, they use a lot of spacious textures and yeah, that's true. Kind of otherworldly sounds and everything, but but yeah, we're talking about prog here, though, baby. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, you want to give a little piece about Tool, Adrian? Yeah, so because they were our guys, we, they were our guys oh, together. Yeah. Definitely our guys, and certainly some of our friends as well who are very very much so big big uh tool heads i think the thing with them is that they they were very yes similarly to mars volta they they take the prog thing but they're a little bit more laid back in it steady as it goes yeah it's not quite as um structured architectural yeah it's a little bit more um sort of the i don't know how to describe it but like where Whereas Do they the have Mars a Volta, stoner metal element to it or something. I, kind of, no, I would say because the, the, like a chugga chugga. So what 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 I would say is like the Mars Volta is kind of like mushrooms, right? Where things yeah. are a little bit more wild, a little bit more woolly, a little bit more loose, Random. and tools a little bit more acid, like where it's a little yeah. smoother, a little bit more a little internal, a little more industrial. <laughs> they kind of, I mean, they do kind of. They're t- yeah. just taking textures from that for sure, and they have sure. songs that yeah use like kind of industrial drumming and stuff only as as like samples and like intros and like maybe yes, maybe some like interstitial stuff. But yeah, they were kind of just like very repetitive, and um, by by you know design, you know, um, that was part of their the kind of their sound and what their influences were. I mean, yeah. they practically invented like kind of the good cool. parts of new metal right kind of yeah they're in a yeah. way yeah. in a way i would are they say like that are they like temporaries corn were probably had more to do with it but yes yeah because they were way less angsty and lazy are they like you know they were gristle for the computer age <laughs> well well, Throbbing Gristle was like experimental and conceptual and noisy and like would have shows to make people shit their pants i don't know if tool is doing that yeah, I mean, I honestly, they were like kind of a hard rock band, you know, like they yeah. kind of came out of that. But then as their sound progressed, they're like, yeah, we use heavy guitars, fluid bass, you know, very steely clinical drums, you know, very clean sounding. But also um, very much uh, concepts and themes running yeah, through all totally, of the records. Totally. That's where they, they had a hit. They, they had, had a hit, yes. A couple of hits. Sober. They had a, yeah, videos yeah. left and right, like huge visual accompaniment to everything yes. they did, you know. The members yeah, of the band are art school guys, you know? Yeah, totally. One of them worked in like film production and shit. We um, only have like what, four albums? So it was definitely five, like a release. Five or a, six, a, actually, I think. Event, yeah. event release. Very, very release. Where do you where does one start band. with them? Lateralis? Probably lateralis. Yeah. All right. Anima. Anima. Yeah. Anima. <laughs> that was my that was my jam. I liked lateralis a lot though too. But anima. Do you guys remember two, yes. 
on the central coast of California where we grew up, you would go to like public bathrooms and somebody would tag everywhere. Mm-hmm. Maynard was here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You remember they had that? like a cult. They, I mean, they were like a, they had like <laughs> a cult. That is like 90% of why they're on this list. They just had a cultish following, like similar. Very similar to Radiohead. Yeah, That's very similar to Radiohead. And yeah. And slavishly devoted to this band. Slavishly yeah. devoted because, and then, because, you know, they were kind of kind of weird you know um you know they had lyrics about they were like anti-establishment anti-religion very contrarian bro fisting um dude had a skullet he had, did had he a still, really still w- weird drip probably him and the dude drip. from uh live that band live yeah oh I yeah the dude from live just had a straight bald head no he had a skullet yeah. Ooh. okay we're talking they about talk shit looks. about religion they were like openly embraceive of drug culture you know so like when you're like 16 and weed addled and you're listening to music that's very like dense and overwhelming and it's like like, and you know and you know lyrics that you can understand you know and kind of kind of wrap your own burgeoning the pieces fit yeah you know (laughs) exactly can wrap your own burgeoning worldview yeah overlay that on top of that and guys you're forming your individuality you know it it was music for individualists you know um that's true which it still is but their individualists are like you know libertarian fucking like um (laughs) joe roganites dude like blackwater dudes who are like in the military or whatever yeah they were cool (laughs) they were broed out but they weren't like starting riots at Woodstock '99 or whatever. yeah, they were a little yeah. bit more sensitive and artistic um, and like and, and they had looks, a Caleb. wider view. Like you yeah. know, like our brothers were into them and they came out and they were like into hardcore metal, and like yeah. metal and metal, stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Tool wasn't act. I mean, they were a metal band, but not really. They were just like a rock band, you know. Yeah. But were that heavy a- enough and artsy enough to like kind of pull in people. Uh, that was. That was a big thing, Caleb. I remember because our brother Isaac, he was, you know, in like a hardcore punk band and stuff. And we always knew them. They were all into hardcore punk and metal. I remember like visiting my brother. He was going to like UCSB in Santa Barbara. And he had the, that, uh, what is it? Uberalis record or whatever. Lateralis. Lateralis. <laughs> I was like, wait, so wait, you're also a Tool fan? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> and yeah. He was like, yeah, Tool's, Tool's sick. And I was like, okay, I like Black Flag better, but whatever. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't know, but well, if, I you think listen, so. if you like my war Black Flag, it's not too yeah. big of a step. No, and there was like a crossover True. thing with like alt metal and yeah. hardcore yes. uh, in the 90s where there was like all these bands that were but, like um, kind of groovier and stuff that were like yeah. previously like New York style hardcore bands and shit. So like there was like some kind of a but caleb we were talking yeah, about like some, looks some jokingly. membrane that got broken there you didn't do we were, it we were talking about looks jokingly with the maynard with like the skullet and stuff but like yeah radiohead never looked like rock stars they look like sickly little yeah there's british, british they're, kinda, they're like hoodie guys they my look favorite like tech guys of theirs from the early days is <clears throat> if you can i don't know if mtv's stringing this from all the youtube videos but um on one of the like 94 or 95 like right around when creep first dropped the they brought radiohead over to uh the mtv beach house i don't know if you remember spring break oh, yeah. That shit. <laughs> yeah and they play and it's so funny to see this because it's like yeah five pale 
pasty, skinny, scrawny little white dudes, and then surrounded by just bikini-clad hunks and and gorgeous yeah. women and, and and well, bikini-clad women and gorgeous hunks, you know, uh, just everywhere. And it's just such a funny, you know. I think they they're even like standing in a pool or something. It's just so bizarre. <laughs> and yeah, uh, some clips of that. It's yeah, it's a great. But yes, this it goes to what we're saying here is like these guys. Um, yeah. Tool is like, but very much kind of more even of a, like. Even Kurt Cobain was Aesthetics. handsome. Like Tom York, you know, when he first, when he very first came out, he was awkward as shit. Like he has, big, he has big dick kind of face, though. You look at that guy <laughs> and you're like, oh, he might be packing. He might be packing some heat. He's I don't a, know. In his videos, he's always a good neck. actor. He kind of yeah. has like a Buster Keaton face, like yeah, totally. stone face, kind of <laughs> lost, like kind of look. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> See, for my money, I think the only one packing in that band is Colin Greenwood. Uh, yeah, I also have a look. Anyways, should we? Well, they're all they're all chasing Evan Dando. So, <laughs> <laughs> shout out Lemonheads. Still looks good. Should we? Uh, should we jump into the songs here now, or is there anything else you want to add about yeah. Tool? Uh, I think let's end the episode. Oh, the only on thing Tool. The, well, we have one more. Um, oh shit. Bracket. So very close, but um, one one last detail about Tool. I think that another thing that was cool when I was a teenager is hearing Bill Hicks uh, yeah. quotes in there because you know when you're a kid and getting into music, cool music and cool comedy yeah. and things like you're drawn to the vitriol. Yeah, and Bill Hicks yeah. is definitely one of those dudes where you're like, you know, oh, this is like the real deal, dude. Talking, you know, the, he's really no. telling the truth, man. Yeah, he's speaking Fuck truth that. to power. <laughs> Me and Caleb had the Richard Pryor. Exactly. Comedy albums on cassette, so we yeah. knew. We knew. Well, of course, we of knew course. they were better than Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks is a faker. He's he's fake. He was just <laughs> a, he was like a yelly, angry guy. Yeah. Who was like, I don't have any real politics, but uh, I know I'm fucking pissed off. I think exactly. he was a genuine dude. I don't know. I think no, he's true. He was a really good comedian. No, one of his does. comedy specials ends with him being assassinated for like telling the truth. Like he fakes like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, yeah, a bit yeah. of a martyr. He's pretentious. But, I mean, talk about presaging, like where comedy is going to go. It's like every comedian now. Well, like, he's a truth teller. They're coming. That's what for I was me. trying to get at with Radiohead and stuff. They're not truth tellers. They're not trying to like, yeah, state these facts of these profundities. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of just exploring the things that they're interested in, and if it yeah, has, totally. you know, but he's like with the public, then that's you know that's great. He's like, here's a thought. Read a fucking book. <laughs> and then we'll all be smarter. Yeah. And while you're not busy burning the books, yeah, we can. I all... mean, he's definitely starter sort of version yeah. of that. But that's Captain all I'm saying obvious. is that when you're 15, 14, and you're hearing Bill Hicks, you know, monologues in the yeah, in talk about like people song. doing acid and stuff. Adrian, yeah. you're better than that. <laughs> not when I was 14. When you're hearing yeah. that shit, you're like, I cannot wait to do LSD. Holy <laughs> shit. That you know, is you were hanging rule. out with me and Caleb. We were playing you that uh, Richard Pryor cassette. Yeah, I mean, I was already, I think for us, I, I'm talking generally, I think for us, obviously, no. we were into the cool stuff. Like, I mean, I had already yeah. started, you know, I was in the, like all of Marin and, and, and you yeah. know, all of those cats already too, yeah. for sure. But I think that, you know, all I'm saying is, these guys are introducing you to like the cool druggy things and the cool comedy things yeah. in a way that it's, it's, it's your angry young man, man, angry young man kind of yeah. Starter, yeah. starter pack, but it's starter pack shit for sure. We were 
I think um, had a yeah, diverse fair. enough experience to like. I don't know why I got so aggressive. Lucky enough to have the older yeah. folks that paved the way for us. And yeah. Kind of were like, oh no, don't don't bother with that shit. But listen to this, or well, you yeah. know, check this out. So I have ahead. a huge Bill Hicks aversion. That's what. Sorry, that's <laughs> a trigger good. for me. It's not like my favorite. Or anything, I, I, you know. I kind of fucking hate Bill Hicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really fucking hate Bill Hicks. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> let's nice. get into the music, shall we? Um, it's all about the music. So cut all that shit out. No, it stays it in. In. that's gold. Keep it in. Double it. Let's start off with a little bit of Kendrick Lamar. This is from the aforementioned record, Damn. It is Love featuring Zakari. And let's see what we get around the 50 minute, uh, 50 second mark. 15 minute mark. I got something. I got something. Hold on. We gon' function. No Only for the night. All right, very interesting flow. That's kind of one of his more straightforward tunes in terms of like sonics, but you can see he's putting a little English yeah. on it with the uh, with the flow and. Uh, you're yeah, good. Weirdo uh, sounds going on underneath. Go ahead. Yeah. I can see him and uh, Tom York laying down a track. Yeah. That's the next super group. <laughs> like, I got Tom York. <laughs> um, and then here is some of uh, one of the more epic tracks from Lateralis, Parabola by the band Tool. This was a big record for us back in the day. That's one of their singles from this album. Indeed. Here is Prabble. It's a little bit of that proggy flavor there. Yeah. <clears throat> Heavy riffing. Yeah, that, that's a that's actually one of their no, uh, I guess they're all kind of catchy, but that that's probably their catchiest song on that album. Bam, bam, yeah. bam, bam. It has a little more lift to it. I respect I it. <laughs> it's good. It's good at what like for what for what they're doing and who they are, it's very good. Very it's forceful. Just, yeah. Very strong band. Yeah. It can be yeah. tough to get past some of the, uh, you know, some of the other stuff about them. So, who wants to start? They, I, Tool, Tool, and Mars Volta. They made a song together, right? They've had to collaborate. Nah, I think they're like ships in the night. They were yeah. beefing. I feel like where they, where Tool leaves the spaces, Mars Volta could Rams fill it in. in. Yeah. Throwing like a weird angular yeah. Japanese psychedelic solo. Yeah, I feel like a like a Minuteman meets. Uh, Black Sabbath kind of thing going on there. The tool and yeah, Mars Volta together. Be dope. Interesting. That. Interesting. I'll start us off here with the voting. Uh you know, I I I think Tool is an would be an interesting choice to move forward. I think 
certainly there's aspects of them that work. I mean, we already talked about all of these things, the big, you know, they had a big hit, they had the, the, you know, the, the discography, you know, four, four, five, six, they had the run, you know, where the, they had the critical acclaim. They're also very hyped, you know, events around their, the records. Yeah. Still even, I mean, they released one record every 10 years, basically. So it's obviously it's going to be a big event concept. Big, big, huge concepts. Um, But, you know, I just, for whatever reason, I just don't think that I can pull the trigger on them. Maybe it's because they're too specific to their sound. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, You can make the same argument for Kendrick, but I just think Kendrick's a more interesting choice. And I think I'd like to see, I'd like to see him move forward. Um, Obviously, he's coming from a different angle than Radiohead is from a different genre. But I think that, sonically i think aesthetically i think in terms of what their thought process is behind their music and yeah. the, their image i think that there's a very much a kinship between kendrick lamar and, and radiohead and i think yeah i think uh i think i have to lock in for kendrick here whoa so here's the deal we should have had kendrick and frank ocean do the play and together then frank ocean would have won and then I would be voting for Frank Ocean over Tool right now <laughs> in the West. <laughs> so, Adrian, what you said about Ken, uh, Kendrick, I agree, but I think it more applies to Frank Ocean. So mm-hmm. for that fact, I have to vote for just strength of competition. Because that Kendrick, that last Kendrick album, I was just like, eh. You really didn't like it, huh? It, it's too much. It's fucking like 20 songs, like god damn damn was 10 fucking songs a lot of interstitials yeah i mean i know there's some weird algorithm uh thing at hand where people like to make long albums there's some math about it but no i'm gonna go with a band i don't even that like them a tool just because they they check off all the boxes there it's more of, of uh i don't know kendrick he fumbled the bag on the last <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> Ouch. All right. Well, Caleb, um, it's up to you. This is like a really tough one. I, I just, I think in terms of consistency with our criteria and everything, I got to go with Tool. There it is. Just how huge they were and how kind of they had crossover fans and parallel fans with Radiohead and everything. Um, sure. You know, like we were both Radiohead and Tool guys, but yeah, it just, yeah, in a different universe, they were Radiohead, basically. That's, I mean, that's kind of my concept, concept of them, you know, and that universe is the United States versus England, but just <laughs> kind of in a, a different kind of mind palace for fans. Yeah. yeah. And well, uh, there it is. I mean, do I like Kendrick Lamar better than the band Tool? Yes, I do. But like, just for this purpose, <laughs> yeah, I, like, I want to put Tool forward just because yeah. I think it's interesting. I think they really do qualify as an American radio. Yeah. All right. All right. So well, there we go. We got we the got West locked. We got the Flaming Lips versus Tool. That's Whoa. a good match. That's, that's a good matchup. That's a weird Coachella lineup. Yeah, I'm sure it's <laughs> happened. It's like a day one, day two, I think. Yeah, yeah big headliners. <laughs> Friday yeah, so you, night. So you don't have the crossover. Opens up fans. for, wait, who opens up for who? Yeah, Tools. No, no, no. Tools, 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 tools headlining on Friday, and then Flaming Lips headline on Saturday. and then No, um, I think it's the same night. 
Same no, night. They would never. Totally no, they ever would do at this that. point. That's different point, stages, man. There's so yeah. much nostalgia out there, Caleb. <laughs> you can't mix barely those. register. You can't mix those fans together. You don't know what will happen. Dude. All right. Let's stop. Let's stop, Donald. Let's get to our last match right. here. Well, last matchup. Let's go this to This is our longest episode ever. East Coast. It's getting up there, and it was only <laughs> It's I definitely. Like it, it's, it's, I think we cracked the, it. I think we cracked it. It's the indie. Uh, it's the indie eight, and it's longer than our Sweet Sixteen episode. All right. <laughs> we had a lot to feature discuss. More bands. Well, the bands That's are true. better, more net, you know, a little more granular. Yeah. yeah, we dismiss. Yeah, we got. We dismiss. Let me reminisce. This podcast. All right, all right. So here we go. This is determines who makes it into the final um, slot in the East. We got Grizzly Bear versus Beach House. Okay, I'll just speed up the episode. I vote for Beach House. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, there's a process. You can't just <laughs> Well, not... let's let's just quickly we can we can go quickly through this. I'll I'll break down a little bit of the is a Grizzly Bear. Obviously, very hyped band. They had a hit with two weeks. Two weeks. That was very big. It's been they, Yeah. They Yes, Grizzly Bear. They, you know, it started off as kind of a more experimental thing and then it evolved into something a little bit more folksy pop yeah. uh, with experimental elements. And then they, you know, they've sort of slowly evolved their sound to where they've locked into something that's, you know, very specific to them. You hear a Grizzly Bear riff or a, a chord and you know immediately that that's a Grizzly Bear song because it just has a very specific feel and, and texture and tonality, you know. I think that again, yes, they're another band that was hyped, and certainly, I don't think that they have as much of the event status as uh, as the the other band in this bracket. But I think that they're, you know, still yeah. they for still a second had, they did for a second they did. But I don't know if today if people were clamoring for a Grizzly Bear record per se. They did I feel like it was like this is NPR and the <laughs> Shields. Sure, yeah, sure. that makes sense. And then in NPR terms doesn't of play like music like that though. Well, they, well, no, they but do, I, thought, they do I feel like reviews. Shields was an event album for Grizzly Shields. Bear. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it they... was a, it was like the softer kind of event though. You know what I yeah. mean? But the leap between the like Gala House and the Vermicon or whatever that's called that was like a big <laughs> leap and Vecamus. But I don't know if they crested the wave further. You know, mm -hmm. kind of. It's kind of just like yeah. a one-two punch. That's true. That's a good point. It, it didn't. It didn't go multiple rounds. Well, let's hear it. Now we gotta talk about <laughs> Grizzly Bear. <laughs> we gotta talk about Grizzly Bear. So yeah, what's another one interesting thing about them too is that the band, the member, <laughs> the member that originally started the band, and this happens a lot, I think, and it, or used to happen a lot more. Maybe not so much anymore, but. Ed Drost, Drost uh, left the band, and he's kind of the was the main guy. So Grizzly Bear are still together, but they sort of lost their kind of main dude. Huh. Um, yeah. It was Aimless. sort of a, a, a co-led -led with so Daniel Rawson for sure, but um, that, I just found that a little kind of interesting. But yeah, the, you know, and they had the, they definitely had the the, had the run. Hit. You know, they had the hit, they had the run, they had the 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 hype. Definitely, you know, weirdos for sure. Um, yeah, they're very. Kind of, I don't know about. Yeah, that's I don't know I question about, the weirdos. They build no, a. They build they, a very me meticulous sound. You know, yeah. they have a very. Like they pay a lot of attention. They're on the. They're song like craft. Yeah. yeah. You smoke weed. I don't know. 
Um, so I think I think they fit all these criteria. But yes, let's let's just for the sake of time, let's jump over to Beach House now. Yeah. How about you want to break it down, Caleb, for Beach House or? Yeah, Beach House. You know, Beach House is a kind of a more Spartan band sound wise. You know, they they work with a few elements. You know, like um, they're very like vocally True. driven. Um, they use organ and keyboards and you know, kind of dusty uh, old drum machine kind of sounds and everything's kind of like a very minimal approach, but I mean, they have like a very, they're very dedicated to their sound and to their image. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, within that seemingly simple package that they create, there's a lot of ambience and texture and everything. And a lot of, uh, emotional depth to it too. They're have, they have like a very kind of uh, otherworldly, romantic vibe to them um that's not something i'm necessarily i don't listen to radiohead and think romance maybe a few songs are kind of boner jams but um but yeah kind of the why they you know they made they made it this far in the tourney is they progress on every album they kind of work within their limited palette but they find different ways to to approach it and kind of build on that sound and, you know, create a pretty sizable following and a lot of interest in those albums. And, um, you know, they're very kind of indebted sound wise to the eighties, whether it's, you know, like kind of like the galaxy 500 or Kate Bush or whatever else they synthesize all those influences and kind of modernize it and use some more, um, kind of more progressive production techniques and everything, you know, similar to how, how RH does it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, but what I, what I really like about them is they stay very dedicated to their sound. They're a band that does not shy away from sounding like themselves. And I mm-hmm. think at least, I don't know if it's an age thing, but the more I listen to music and the more I kind of get particular about it, about what I want to hear from a band, especially kind of a pop band, if you will, you know, a rock band is have a strong identity sound like yourself you know don't be afraid to reinvent your own wheel um i think that's like a really interesting approach to it yeah um and bands get docked for that i think it takes a huge amount of creativity and risk to continue to to iterate on like a really strong foundation yeah i think that's that's caleb what i was we were talking about earlier that kind of authenticity where it feels like a band's already mature where it's like mm-hmm, a, yeah. a band that's uh yeah yeah lived in sound therefore they have lived in lyrics and a yeah. lived in kind of vibe and that's i mean that's like literally kind of beach house's intention you know it's yeah. just the kind of warm woozy kind of sub narcotic um yeah. yeah kind of world that they create they definitely came out fully formed in the terms of like, I mean, certainly that first record is kind of not as definitive as they would become refined. Yeah. yeah. But it still very much sounds like Beach House. Like it's very much songwriting. Yeah. Yeah. It's their songwriting has always been so strong and very specific to them and the collaboration between these two specific people. Yeah. That's carried them through. um, Even as they've developed more, you know, shades as they've, explored more concepts i mean they certainly have a few concept records under their belt teen dream being one of their biggest hits records and and also having a concept that goes throughout 
it's you know the, they they cover a lot of similar ground to to grizzly bear in terms of being you know these kind of indie darlings that you know yeah and both of them book. use like kind of older pop music foundations yes. whether that's like yeah kind of psychedelic folk or like girl group it's uh, a little bit more baroque a little bit more yeah yeah, yeah they're kind of using the softer past of you know mm-hmm. indian rock music but yeah, but as you guys are saying, yeah, constantly evolving the sound, working away at it and refining it and always finding new ways and new shades and, 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 you know, new ways of flipping that same sort of style. So very interesting band and a band that I've followed for the most part through throughout since the very beginning. Um, I think the last, maybe the last couple records have fallen off a bit, but certainly a very strong discography and a very solid run. It's um, hard to deny that. And, and again, like these guys are definitely, you know, maybe they're a little bit more shy reserved weirdos, but they're certainly weirdos in terms of like what they're into. And, and yeah. And as we're saying, like, you know, the kind of their influences are a little bit more out there, you know, Um, obviously Kate Bush is kind of getting, kind of being revisited these days, thanks to a certain giant Netflix television show. But, um, you know, she was always very much at the vanguard of kind of artistry and integrity. And so I think they have a little bit of that in their DNA. I would also say um, our generation's interest in Twin Peaks definitely helped this band out. You know, they have (laughs) kind of Julie Cruz kind of sound to it. I would say ethereal. Yeah. Beach house. Uh, as far as one of my favorite bands, they're very much uh 2000s kind of uh velvet underground, yeah, right? totally. They have oh, that yeah. droney kind of yeah. sound, and it's kind like, of more sedate, it's kind like a dreamy, dreamier version. Uh, what's her name, Beth, the woman, the uh, Victoria, 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 yeah. She sings, she, I mean, she's like an opera singer or whatever, she's yeah, she very, very trained voice, but she, she sings yeah. in a very uh same register as like Nico. So like that first couple of Beach House albums remind me of like Nico and Velvet Underground, the, that first album. Like mm. I think it's it's kind oh, yeah, of that it's... type of droney kind of weird pop song. Yes, like I an believe... art art pop kind of song. Yeah. Yeah. Can kind of hope Sandoval too from Mazzy Star a little bit of uh, yeah. shades of that as well. Kind of a, 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 a sensual smokiness. Yeah. I, I said it was, I think it's called Contralto mm-hmm. is, is her vocal range. I, I misstated earlier, but she definitely, um, yes, she has a certain key that they stay in and it's just, Mine it is Castrati. Well. <laughs> did, did you just do it just, just now or? Just, um, just got clipped. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's such a wavy kind of floaty band and, and and has touchdowns to a lot of different things um that i think are are working in a similar vein to kind of the the more dreamier aspects of radiohead for sure all right but should we uh hear hear do these wanna, final two you want to know something interesting what's that? that this is the this is the first i believe in this um in this tournament oh members victoria legrand is on two weeks by Grizzly Bear. She does backing oh, vocals. That's right. It's a collab. That's right. I uh, forgot about that. Damn. Strong so vocals. Strong backing vocals. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, let's hear some. So either way with this goes, she wins. Let's um, hear some cuts. All right. So first we're hearing a choice cut off of Noah's favorite record, Yellow House. Uh, it's called Little Brother. 
It's a uh, jaunty little tune. Here we go. Here's the little brother, little brother by Grizzly Bear. It almost sounds like this heat. Oh, yeah, kind of, yeah. Kinda like that random but kind of a more angular guitar. Organic kind of uh this heat for sure. Um uh, and now uh switching over to Beach House, here's uh Wedding Bell from their album Devotion. Great record and uh great tune. Here is Beach House with Wedding Bell. Very strong vocals there, uh, similar to Tom York's uh, Thom. Wearable. Yeah. Shout out, Thom. All right. Who wants to start us off? I'm going to go with Beach House. <laughs> I'm going to go with Beach House. I like it's their, unanimous. Yeah. I like Beach that kind, House. Of, kind of their droney, angular pop stuff, but then they definitely do have like a throwback to like, Old school rock and roll, yeah, like uh, doo woppy girl mm-hmm. group stuff, yeah, for sure. Um, definitely operatic, definitely kind of classical influence with some of their kind of a little bit of like, song. uh, yeah, a little bit of like old kind of like uh, western swing kind of country yeah. ballads, too, yeah, very eclectic, but yeah, yeah, cool. Beach House, shout out, Beach House, shout out, Baltimore, shout all out right, to ba- Baltimore Bullets, shout out. We got our east, our east got coast. A, got our uh, east set bracket here. Well, want to break it down there, Caleb? Yeah, we'll... let's run through this and we can get the <clears throat> fuck out of here. <laughs> All right. So, in the east, in the final four, we have Wilco versus Beach House, Chicago versus Baltimore, and then on the west coast, we have the Flaming Lips versus Tool. Interesting oh, matchup. Weird. Tool made it all the way. Tool did it. <laughs> Big band. Huge band. Yeah. So that's our final four. Flammy Lips, Tool, and Beach House and Wilco. So we'll be back um, next episode to... I think you mean a finalist four, right? Wink, wink. Oh, finalist four. Yes. I can't say final. Yeah. Um, <laughs> please. Please. We are a very humble operation. Do not... Do not sue us. <laughs> Wonder if they have like data crawlers just like uh pulling out any audio. Oh yeah, you know they it. got bots. Yeah. All right. Well, this is a comp. Well, you just, well, how do you get out of anything on a podcast? You just say parody, parody, parody. <laughs> parody yes. Uh, the final four bands on this <laughs> non-affiliated tournament are Wilco, Beach House, Flaming Lips, and Tool. So join us next time and we will do the final four and then we'll determine who goes to the championship.
And we'll do the uh, listeners' vote. So keep bringing them in. Yeah, finish your listeners' votes. We'll tally it all up and It'll see how your winner versus our winner, and then we'll see who wins. Yeah, feel free to still. You can still fill out your bracket. I know we've gotten pretty far here in terms of what we've done, but choose. We you go with your heart. Go with your gut. Yeah, go with your original. You yeah, your original instincts. If yeah. you haven't filled it out, you know, um, you can find that at bit.ly slash wacker slaps. That is bit dot ly slash wacker slaps you can also find it at our website wackerslaps.com yeah thank you so much uh for listening and doing this fun little uh little game with us yeah. thank you adrian for all your production work and artistic work that you do uh thank you noah for all your background in sports and keeping the tournament alive um check out our website listeners at wackerslaps.com and you can also find us on email at wackerslaps at gmail.com. Send in those balance, send in those brackets. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and letterboxed at whack or slaps. And as always, we leave you with the most important question of all. Whomst is the American Radiohead? Oops, Thank you for listening. There it is. Sweet. Sweet. Sweet.